0: And it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson, your host with you. And uh, on this week's show, we are going to, as we're winding up the decade, we are going to reflect back on the previous decade as we head into the year 2020. Our top ten this week is going to be the top ten, our personal favorite top ten wrestlers of the 2010s of the past decade. Looking forward to this conversation. And, um... As you know, last time around, a great interview on the show with David Gold of The Asylum. I want to thank David for being on the show and uh, remind each and every one of you, as I say every week, there are two groups out there, especially if you are collectors of wrestling or just a fan of wrestling. You don't even have to collect to be in these groups. Uh, the Asylum and The Era on Facebook, check them out. Uh, you will not regret it. Um... David, a part of the asylum, and of course, uh, former co-host on the show and future co-host on the show, Archie Mitchell, also um, a of the era. So, any either one of those groups or both of them join today, you will not regret it. So, that being said, let's uh, let's get this party started. Let's start the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast and. Uh, Talk about the past decade as we head into 2020. Um, big things coming up for this show in the year 2020. I have some uh, some scheming going on, some things I'm going to be doing, and uh, those announcements coming in the weeks to come. But for now, let's end 2019 with the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle. All right, this is episode eighty-three of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, and guess what, folks? All it's a it's a holiday gift for each and every one of you. All three stooges are here this week on the show. Aaron and Kyle both here, gentlemen. How's it going out there in uh, Ohio Wonderland?
1: Sucks. <laughs> it's Ohio. Yeah, this is true.
0: <laughs> we we have the
1: weather's uh, awesome. It
0: is right now. I'm telling you, I'm, I've been telling people, it's like, yeah, it's going to be 61 tomorrow, but come mid-January.
2: Oh, we're going to get fucked.
0: <laughs> we are fucked this year. <laughs> Every time we have that really nice Christmas season, fucking January, February, and March, there's like not a day where it's above three degrees. <laughs> yep. You're just walking like a penguin because the, the, the world is a sheet of ice. <laughs> Protecting my egg. I'm protecting my egg. (laughs) This week's show, we are wrapping up the decade. We are about to head into 2020, um, and we are wrapping up the decade by talking. We don't talk a lot, a lot of modern wrestling on this show. We have some conversation once in a while when when things are going on or what have you. But this week around, we are going to talk about our top ten favorite wrestlers of the decade, of the 2010s um aaron was this a hard one for you yes because as the decade has gone on you're probably the one of the, the 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 of the three of us you're probably the least engaged in the modern product
2: yeah it was a it was a rough list <clears throat> but I, I have three google translates booted up
0: <laughs> we are going to play we, we are going to play google Transl- translate in the show as well do you guys want to start with that and then we'll roll into the top 10
2: well, I have three of them, so they can be like buffers.
0: Okay. Well, let's start with one. We'll, we'll let Kyle, he hasn't been on the show in a few weeks, so we'll let Kyle tell Aaron. Hey, Kyle, what song did you have Aaron uh, put into the Google Translate there?
1: Let's do Hollaback Girl. Hollaback
0: go. Girl by Gwen Stefani.
1: So, Kyle,
2: just so you know, um, what the Google Translate is, it's it's, uh, it's a robotic voice. Mm-hmm. like say somebody would come up to you or you would go to a foreign country and you would be like where's the shitter
1: <laughs> okay which is, which is a good thing to ask Yeah, yeah
2: that's an important question where's the where's bathroom the Where, <laughs> where's the shitter okay and say you're in like um Prague and you don't speak their you don't speak their language And you want to know? You're in Prague. You really got to drop some heat.
0: Isn't that a Beastie Boys album? Dropping heat in Prague.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can that back album. (laughs) Sorry.
2: You can say into this thing, "Where's the shitter?" and it will translate it for you. Okay, but it'll translate it for you in this voice, like. So here's your here's your holler back girl in Google Translate. You ready? Yep. But it, it's got to think about it for a minute.
3: Ooh, this my shit, all the girls stamp your feet like this few times I've been around that track, so it's not just going <laughs> to happen like that because I ain't no holler back girl. I ain't no holler back girl, phew times I've been around that track so it's not just gonna happen like that cause I ain't no back girl I unbite the dust few times I've been around that track so it's not just gonna happen like that cause I ain't no back girl I ain't no Hollaback girl few times I've been around that track so it's not just <laughs> gonna happen like that cause I ain't no back, girl I ain't no hollaback Girl this my shit. This my shit, this my shit This my shit, this my shit This my shit, this my shit This my shit, let me hear you say This shit is bananas B-A-N-A-N-A-S This shit is bananas B-A-N-A-N-A-S Again this shit is bananas B-A-N-A-N-A-S This shit is bananas B-A-N-A-N-A-S Few times I've been around that track, so it's not just right, gonna happen stop it like now. that. Cause I ain't no, no holla back girl. I ain't no holla girl. Few times I've been around that track, so it's not just gonna right. happen like that. Cause I ain't no holla girl. I ain't no holla girl. This my, this, my shit, this, my shit, <laughs> this my shit. 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 This my shit.
1: This my shit. Uh,
2: Wait, oh. the gist of my bit. You know my, you know, it, my this... bit, my bit.
1: <laughs> we have this amazing technology <laughs> that can connect everyone.
0: And this is what we
1: do with and... it. And... <laughs> yeah. This well, it's what, what we I do with it. It just mm.
2: Like you know like people be like, Man, I want to run for president. I'm going to run for president. Now, like, people say that.
1: Yeah. Mm. Not you?
2: No. I would be, like, the downfall of civilization. <laughs> like, if I would ever, like, be like, I'm going to run for president, and then I run, and I win, I would go out there and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, Putin, check this out. <laughs> this is my shit. This Give is me a song shit. that I can put in...
0: Yeah, what's up, Putin on the Ritz? Give me a song I can put <laughs> in this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, coming up later is um, forgot about Dre, which
0: is my one, of, <laughs> my second, my second, my second favorite hip hop song ever. Past and also, love.
2: Um, and also Get Back, Nate picked Get Back, but Get Back was pretty repetitive. Like I played it. Back to myself while I smoked in an alley, and I was like, "Yeah, this is repetitive."
1: That's most rap. though.
2: I know, but but I know uh, forgot about Dre is Fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is Translate.
1: fucking Dr. Gray. So
2: I know, but through Google Translate, it's fucking amazing.
1: <laughs> hey, you know what we should do? Can we can we do one more? Let's do let's do the thugonomics.
0: The John Cena
1: Thugonomics. Yeah, that'd be funny. Oh, <laughs> well, I have
2: to. I have to get the lyrics. So, um, do you want to do one of Nate's choices
1: before that? Or do we? Yeah, wanna... let's do. Let's do some choices. Huh? Let's do some choices.
2: Well, I well I have two of them lined up. So, Nate, do you want to hear Dr. Dre? Before we get into the top ten. And then we'll do John Cena. No, I want
0: to save Dr. Dre.
2: I want to okay. save,
0: save Dr. Dre for a couple more beers.
2: <laughs> okay. So let's do Get Back.
0: Alright, because that'll probably be quick. Because I'll tell you to cut it off if it's repetitive. Okay. But I love that song. And I, I love the lyrics, and they make oh, I me love laugh. That song too. That song makes me laugh. So I, I thought maybe it would be funny, and maybe it's not. Oh, like I said, like you said,
2: it's, it, it's funny. It just repetitive. So we'll do "Get Back," and then we'll do a couple of our our top ten things. You guys ready? Luda. Mm-hmm. It's coming up.
3: Heads up, heads up, here's another one, and a, and another one, oh. Yeek yeek woop woop, why you all admire, <laughs> talking a whole bunch of shit that I ain't trying to hear. Get back motherfucker, you don't know me like that. Get back motherfucker, you don't know me like that. Yeek yeek woop woop, <laughs> I ain't playing around. Make one false move I'll take y'all down get back motherfucker, you don't know me like that. Get back motherfucker. You don't know me like that. Who? S.S.O. Come on, come on, don't get swung on. Swung on, it's the knickknack knack paddy whack. <laughs> still riding Cadillac's family off the street. Made my homies put the baggies back. Still stacking plaques. Yep, still action packed. Yep, and oh, I keep it. Saw, I hit him right dead in the jaw. In the <laughs> jaw, I came. I came. I saw, I saw. I hit him right dead in the jaw. In the jaw, I came. I came, I... <laughs> Saw, I saw, I hit him right dead in the jaw, in the jaw, I came, I came, I saw, I saw, I hit him, right dead in the jaw, in the jaw, see I caught him with a right hook, (laughs) caught him with a jab, caught him with an uppercut, kicked him in his ass, (laughs) sent him on his way, cause I ain't for that talk, no trips to the county, I ain't for that walk, we split like two pins, at the end of a lane, we'll knock out your spotlight and put an end to your Vain Vain. put a DTP pendant (laughs) at the end of Yo Chain, then put the booty of a Swisha at the end of a flame.
2: Yeek, 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 whoop, whoop. Why you all. Yeek, yeek, whoop, (laughs) whoop.
0: That's so funny. Yeek, yeek, (laughs) whoop, whoop. Alright, so let's start these top tens. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Top 10 wrestlers of the decade of the 2010s. Um, I have. Um, I also posted listeners, listener fan interaction um, for the show, and I have some comments on who some of our listeners think are their are, are saying that they are their favorite wrestlers of the decade. So I'm going to bring that post up too. And if we cover them, then I'll mention those people. And if we don't, then I will also mention those people. And I have a couple of honorable mentions that I will mention. I used the word mention way too much just then. Um, after the countdown, just in case one of you two doesn't bring them up, Kyle, I'm going to let you get us started with number 10.
1: Oh, we're going go to go number 10. Yes. And then number one. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Number 10, in my personal opinion, Cody. Really? Mm-hmm. I
0: think make your, fact Make that... your case for Cody.
1: Okay. <clears throat> Not only was he a star in WWE, he did a lot of cool stuff, but he did the whole Stardust thing. And the fact is that he not only left WWE, but went on to basically prove his worth as a pro wrestler. I mean, I'll
0: give you
1: that. Sorry. Think (laughs) of all the cool stuff. No, you're fine. Think of all the cool shit that he's done in New Japan part of the bullet club. Mm-hmm. I mean, he basically in my opinion brought extended the bullet club out probably another 6 months, 7 months just by joining it.
0: Right. I what I was going to say is what I will give you about Cody, and he's not he's he's not on my list, but what I will give you about Cody is He is the one guy in the and you know you'll know what I you know you'll know you'll both know what I'm saying when I say this the current WWE machine the current pro wrestling environment WWE is you know WWE is Walmart they're the biggest they're the big daddy you know and he is he is the one guy probably in the past decade you're right that has left WWE and gone out and probably become a bigger star than he was in WWE. As far as as far as name recognition and being taken seriously as a main eventer, and I will say I will say that um, one of my favorite one of my favorite of his stories in this decade would definitely be I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the shattered faced Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, smoke and mirrors Cody Rhodes and his feud with Big Show for the Intercontinental Title. Uh, leading into, I forget which WrestleMania that was, but leading into, I think it was WrestleMania um, 27. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. Um, but I, I will. I will give you that. Like I said, he has. He has been, as his father would say, on a different stratosphere than than anybody else who has left the WWE this decade.
1: I mean, think about it, is that he is the guy that was strapped with a shitty gimmick. And most guys will just, you know, either be complacent with that, that shitty gimmick. I mean, think about it. He could have continued being Stardust and probably gone back to Cody Rhodes and had a great career as a star champion.
2: Was I don't think Stardust was a shitty gimmick.
1: What I'm saying, though, is, is that, like, with Cody Rhodes, you know, as well as I do, he would have turned into a Kobe Kingston or maybe he would have reached the top, you know, for six months, but basically he's just going to be a shitty Cody Rhodes and he's going to put over the young talent, which there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't think that, like, we're able to see Cody Rhodes in a new light. The limited amount of AEW that I've watched,
2: I've enjoyed Cody Rhodes, okay? Mm-hmm. But honestly, you know what my favorite Cody Rhodes was? Was when he was, and it's not when he was, but like when he was dashing Cody Rhodes and he, he he was like handsome or whatever and he had his mustache and everything. And then he got his nose broke or whatever and he was wearing that mask. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Oh, well, I, I, had, I, think I stepped may out the think yeah,
0: stepped away for a second. But yeah, that was, that's my favorite incarnation of Cody as well. Um, and it's feud with Big Show for the Intercontinental Title. I enjoyed that. Um, and then, I he is he is he is hands down. Him and Jericho are the best things about AEW. There's no doubt.
2: Yeah, and I'm not I'm not knocking Cody Rhodes. I enjoy Cody Rhodes. I think he and Nate. You've said it before that you you think he's like a marginal worker or whatever. Yeah. I don't think he's a marginal worker. I think Cody Rhodes is fantastic in the ring, but I, out of this millennium or whatever, this decade or whatever we're talking about, and like I said, I'm not going to try to say that I'm an expert on this decade. He's a guy that I watch him, I enjoy what he does, but he doesn't make me want to return to watch what he does. Does that make sense? Like, if I miss a Cody Rhodes match, I'm not upset about it. But that match he had with his brother, that bloodbath, that was fucking fantastic.
0: That's the best thing that's been on AEW anything so far.
2: That That fucking feud was fantastic. Like, the vignettes and everything. Like, this is the thing about AEW. It's like, when they weren't AEW yet, or whatever, like, they didn't have a TV show when they were doing shit on the internet and doing like the, like little 10 minute videos and everything that fucking intrigued me. But now that they're putting shit on week to week. I didn't, yeah, I,
0: did, I didn't want to get, I didn't want to get off on the tangent, but since we're there and it's our show, we can do what we want. That show really, their show really has jumped the shark for me. Like I, I, um, I find myself fast forward. I watch it every week. I, ch- I check it out. But I find myself fast-forwarding through that show, honestly, more than I fast-forward through Raw. Because Raw, well, Raw actually hasn't been terrible the past month or so.
2: And like I said, I'm not judging them. I won't judge them until, like, August next year.
0: They might be off the year right. by then if the ratings keep doing what they're doing.
1: Well, and here's the thing, is, you know... I, I wonder, truly wonder, that if when Nitro debuted, if we had the options to fast forward, if, you know, during that 1995, if there would be stuff that we didn't fast forward. I enjoyed See, Nitro. I,
0: was in, I wouldn't have. I was enthralled. I was enthralled. But I, I was a young wrestling fan then, too. You know, it was a different mindset. Well, so, but, yeah,
2: I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. that.
1: Time, so go ahead.
2: I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it with no fucking shame whatsoever. You ready?
1: Mhm. Nitro
2: 1995 is better than AEW 2019.
0: Nitro <laughs> Ni- Nitro 1995 is better than Raw 2019.
2: Yeah. So I wouldn't fast forward through Nitro nineteen ninety five because it was good.
1: Here, see, I don't want to get on this tangent either. The the fucking announced
2: heat was even better.
1: But the problem is, is that like with like anything like that, it is always nostalgia. It's always one of those things. I mean, I go back. I'm not even saying
2: nostalgia. I'm just saying it was a better show.
1: But I I think is it one of those things? Is it a better show because of the fact that at that time you had Raw for an hour, you had Nitro for an hour, and you had Saturday Night, and that was that was it. That was all the wrestling you could see. You know, paper, then paper
2: fucking pockets and goddamn now, Dark Order and their fucking
1: minions. It's fucking stupid. It might be stupid, and there's. But you know what, though? There's a lot of shit on fucking Nitro and even Raw back then that was fucking stupid. But we put up with it because it was like, well. But it, yeah, it, it I, was stupid. I don't want to see Loch Ness wrestle, but, you know. In I don't want to watch
2: Loch Ness wrestle either, but at least his punch is connected.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is true, but. Uh, they connected because fucking that's all he knew how to do.
2: It's better than what they fucking put on the last show they had. At least the motherfucker knew what
1: he was doing. No, and this is true, but I mean it's still it's you have a bunch of guys who aren't ready for the prime time. Then don't fucking put them on well, show. Well, that's, my biggest, don't put them
0: on that's show. my biggest issue with it, too, with with that. I'm just going to use that Dark Order storyline as an example because it's, it's terrible. That whole gimmick's terrible. That whole thing's terrible. Okay, I understand, okay, you have a wrestling company, and you have young guys that you're trying to bring up. That's the point. That's the point. You bring up your next main eventers. I understand that. You elevate them. So you use your main stars to elevate. That's how pro wrestling works. That's why John Cena put over Kevin Owens, etc., etc. But but the problem with AEW is, okay, they have the formula right. They're using they're using their main eventers to bring up new stars and put them over, but they're bringing up and putting over the wrong fucking people. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like they're they're not they're not using their talents wisely, or they have MJF on their roster, the the best heel outside of WWE in the world, and then he's only on like once every couple three weeks, and his storylines are inconsistent, and it, it's just somebody. The, the problem is, and they're they're having the problem that WCW I think had a lot of the time, where they're booking by committee. There's no central guy. That's like, yes, no, bam. There, you know, there's five, six different, they got somebody booking the women and somebody booking the tag teams and somebody booking the main event and somebody booking the, everybody's booking and nobody's doing. You know what I mean? Like nobody's the boss. And that's going to be a big fucking problem if they don't get their shit together because that does not work. You have to, Aaron and Iron Management no matter how much everybody thinks they know what the fuck they're talking about, you have to have a boss. You have to have somebody to filter all that and turn it into a vision. And whether you agree with Vince McMahon or not, that's what's worked for him. I have people that work and, for me. I have They have their ideas. I have a creative team. But ultimately, the product that goes to that television screen is the product I want on that television screen.
2: Yeah. And why, if it's the last show that you're going to have of the year... Do you have the, the dark odor? The dork odor. The dork order. <laughs> no, I'm going to call them the dark odor. <laughs> beating down your people. Like, that should have been the inner circle beating down them. Because the inner circle is good. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we're going to have this fucking jack wagon and a fucking mask shadow punching fucking gold dust on the goddamn map. Why couldn't that have been fucking Jack Swagger choking the fuck out of Dustin Rhodes on the goddamn map? Well, uh, here's here's the thing. Memorable. That would have been something that you would have been like, hey, this shit went down. Let's see what's going to happen in 2020. It's fucking (laughs) I don't want to talk about it.
1: The problem is, is that you know they're making decisions that they think that, and the only way they're going to learn is by trial and error, and maybe you know now they're going to be like, okay, that didn't work. In I mean, two thousand nineteen,
2: with all the streaming and everything that you can do and everything that you can watch at any moment, there's no trial of no error. You need to fucking think. <clears throat> Out there because they fucking ruined their goddamn promotion with that shit. You know what? You have, you have you have no error. You have no you have no fucking whatever for error. Like I was trying to think of the, the no
1: room for error.
2: Yeah, there's no room for error right now because if I'm watching that and I don't want to watch it, I can fucking hit a button and just stream fucking Amazon Prime and watch something on
0: there. You know what? The way the way that uh, wrestling's climate is right now and the climate of entertainment is right now, you know what the only wrestling company that's going to be surviving in the next 10 years is and when we talk in 2030? Impact.
1: <laughs> I'll say what. Because
0: they won't die. They just won't die.
1: No. <laughs> No, I'm not trying to be a smartass here, but you know, they're a perfect example. Apparently, fucking mistakes don't mean any shit because they're fucking still alive.
0: I mean, they're on
1: they're,
0: they're on uh, local channel twenty-four or whatever now, but
1: they have they have lasted longer than WCW. <laughs> it's really who weird. has and TNA
0: TNA Impact, a. Impact has actually lasted longer than the the company WCW. <laughs> That's funny.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, but oh god, I'm just I'm just saying. Like, do you watch it? No. Someone does though.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, somebody does, obviously.
2: <laughs> but they're in Canada, and that's not even a fucking thing.
0: <clears throat> Aaron, who's your number ten?
2: Jesus Christ, I gotta find it in my phone.
1: While he's finding it, but yeah. No,
2: no, I, just... I got it. Shut up. I got it. Um and like I said, I'm trying to like I don't know if these guys necessarily like are the last decade wrestlers, but they're guys that have piqued my interest in the last fucking ten years. Um, so I'll go with, uh, Dolph Ziggler,
0: Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler has been a mainstay in the WWE. He's had, he's, it's funny cause he's had, he's had up and down booking, but never, I've never seen a Dolph Ziggler match that I didn't enjoy.
2: And that's why I picked him. Like, I don't give a fuck what they do with Dolph Ziggler. Okay? They the, can the bury him. Only, The only thing they I... can. Put a fucking tag team. They can do whatever they want. But whenever that motherfucker's out there, he is the best goddamn in ring technician that they have. He. Dolph Ziggler to me. Okay? And I know everybody's going to say, oh, that's obvious. But Dolph Ziggler is the Kurt Hennig of his fucking era.
0: Yeah. Other than. The only
2: thing you can th- stand him with whatever you want, but he's gonna go out there and have a he's gonna go out there and he's gonna have the best goddamn match on the fucking card.
0: Dolph Ziggler as as a wrestler, I will give you that. I hate his promo. I don't like him on I don't like him on the mic. He annoys me on the mic. But you're definitely right. Bell to bell, one of the best in the business. And that's I think that's why WWE WWE does not allow you know, that's why WWE's like, Well, we're not gonna use him all the time, but let's pay him a lot of fucking money because he's that good.
2: And see, nowadays I don't I don't discredit somebody off how they are on the mic, because all he's beaten given is something to fucking say. Yeah. You know he's not. Dolph Ziggler isn't going out there and saying. That's that's he's half not true. Going out there, that's half huh? true.
0: That's half true. And the reason I say that is because. Um, Okay. Yes. Maybe something scripted, but delivery delivery is important too. And, and the 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 what I'll say to that is, Dolph Ziggler as a promo annoys me, and Bray Wyatt as a promo does not. Okay. So yeah. Okay. It's written, but that's like saying that's a, like the difference between a good actor and a bad actor. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Like. I I I get it, but I thought we were going with just wrestlers. Well,
0: no. It, doesn't matter. It's just, I, I'm. I'm just. I, I was agreeing with you that he's one of the best in the ring of the decade. I just. Yeah. I, I just wanted to bring like, up the point. Still
2: be a better wrestler than Dolph Ziggler.
0: Mm, my number one, but wh- I, I can't tell you now. Spoiler alert.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, no. I totally. Uh, I, Kyle, what do you think about Mr. Ziggler?
1: Here. Here's the thing about like the Dolph Ziggler and yes he's a great in-ring technician but the you guys know as well as I do when it comes to pro wrestling it's not just about being an in-ring technician that's the thing about it everyone's like oh well you know he he's a great he's a great in-ring technician you know what Shawn Michaels if he didn't wasn't able to cut good promos and wasn't didn't have the charisma doesn't matter how good he's in the ring he's not a, a great pro wrestler that's the thing about it is that, you know, you look at like MMA and it's like, oh, he's a great in ring, you know, in cage technician. And that's fine because in that world, that's what it's based on. But in pro wrestling, it's based on how well you can cut a promo, it's based on how much you can sell merch, how marketable you are. I mean, if, 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 if in ring, if in ring, performance was the number one key then Hulk Hogan would have never been the fucking star that he was well I don't know about that I'm just saying if it came down to like Hulk Hogan being yes Hulk Hogan's no Bret Hart but he was able to do more and go further than most people based on just the fucking promos that he's cut And that big boot and that big leg drop. Well, see where
2: you can say what you want to say about Hogan, about his in-ring work, like his style or whatever. But do you know, there's one thing people lose about Hulk Hogan. And you know what it is? What's that? It it was his ability to sell. Yeah. Paul Kogan is one of the best sellers in professional wrestling history. And I know Nate is pissing right now, but he would agree when he comes back. Hopefully he would. Like, I just think that in a lot of ways... What would I agree with? What would you agree with? Yeah. Um, Kyle was talking about how... Um, so he said, Kyle, it's cool.
1: The, the basically, that if in-ring work was the deciding factor on the it makes him pro wrestler, then Hulk Hogan should have never been the star that he was.
2: Right. That's- and that's what he said. But I said this... That maybe Hulk Hogan wasn't wasn't a technician, but what Hulk Hogan did great was selling. And that's true too.
0: Um,
2: there is a, not a lot of people that can sell a beating better than fucking Hulk Hogan.
0: Probably the only better salesman ever in the ring is Ricky Morton.
2: Yeah, like fucking Hulk Hogan could sell a beating. Like, if Hogan would have went out there and just smacked people around in, like, five minutes and walked away, I don't think there would have been a Hulkamania. But Hulk Hogan went out there and fucking sold his ass off with guys that were bigger or, like, fatter or whatever. Like, like Hogan sold fantastic with people like Andre the Giant and the Boss Man and fucking Sergeant Slaughter and all these people where he would just get beat down and beat down and beat down, and, and, and you felt it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then he would come back, and he'd have his big fucking comeback or whatever, and you you, you you bought it. And it was because he sold. Like, he'd hold the ropes, and he'd shake his head, and, and, and he'd show it with his face. I, 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 or every once in a while on the,
0: every once in the WWF, he'd give you that trickle of blood. Yeah,
2: like, I get not offended, but a little upset when people say, oh, Hulk Hogan didn't know how to work. Hulk Hogan's the greatest worker in the fucking business.
1: No, yeah, absolutely, bar none. I'm not saying that, I'm saying when it comes to, you're not going to see Hulk Hogan do a fucking, a drop tackle, you know.
0: Unless you watch him in Japan.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to watch Hulk Hogan do a
2: fucking goddamn Houdakon Rana and fucking four fifty. I don't want to see that. I want to see him get his ass beat for twelve minutes, and then Hulk back up and I'm gonna get you, brother. Like, I'm getting off on a Hogan tangent. It pisses me off sometimes, though, because like people be like, like you'll get like smart. I shouldn't say smart fans, but like people to try to tell you I wasn't a Hulk Hogan fan. It's like, bullshit. I'm 36 years old. Okay? <laughs> if if you're between the ages of fucking 46 and 36 and you try to say I wasn't a fan of Hulk Hogan, you're a fucking liar. You were a Hulkamaniac. That, fucking includes it, it, that, includes,
0: that includes you, Dave Meltzer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just saying Man, a Hulk-a-maniac. fucking Hulk-a-maniac. I mean, the
2: number okay if at some point if at some point you pissed your goddamn bed in like 83 to like 89 you were a fucking hawkomaniac <laughs>
1: well, asshole it's like did you have the wrestling buddy which one did you have do you have Jake the Snake no you had Hulk Hogan <laughs> yeah
0: the so number 10 on my list of the top 10 wrestlers of the decade. And actually in this decade, he's become he's become the veteran. I almost look at this guy, people say it's sacrilege and I'm not comp- I'm not 100% comparing him to him, but what I'm saying is to the 2010s, especially the late 2010s, this guy and and you have to take wrestling the way it is in perspective too. Careers aren't as as long and spread out now. This guy's the Harley Race of this decade, and I'm trying talk- say who I think it is. I'm talking about Randy Orton.
2: Yeah, so as say, buddy.
0: Randy Orton had a great decade, and Randy Orton is has been for maybe not the whole decade, but at least at least since say 2012, 2013. Randy Orton is the veteran player in the business. And there are times where Randy Orton's storylines and Randy, what Randy Orton's doing don't necessarily interest me, but he never undelivers in the ring.
2: The only reason I didn't put Randy Orton on my list was because like last week we talked about a couple things like you did. Oh, I didn't put this guy on my list. Cause I knew you would. You know, right. that's the only reason I didn't put Randy on my list, because I knew you were going to put him on there. And Randy was a guy that you and I saw, like, you and I were sitting there, and we watched it, it was a guy, recent? like, recently we saw live. Yeah. Remember?
0: Yeah, we went to a WWE and, show, he wrestled Styles. Yeah. And,
2: and, and, and Fort Wayne, and Randy Orton was the best fucking performer on the entire show. Absolutely. And Rand, Randy, and you say, you know, I don't, I wouldn't think that Randy Orton is the Harley Race of this era, because Randy Orton doesn't need to cut a promo. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton could just walk out to a ring. And
0: um, captivate people. Absolutely,
2: he doesn't need a storyline. He doesn't need, a, he doesn't need um, a pro. He 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 doesn't need anything just to walk out there and you go. This is the baddest motherfucker on the show. <laughs> and. Like ran, honestly, Randy's cooler to me without cutting a promo. Like th- this guy's just gonna punt you in the fucking head and you're done.
0: <laughs> and uh, I, he, uh, like I said, I mean, he consistently had fantastic matches through the decade. Um, I, you know, his his uh, his alliance with with the Authority. Was, was good in the fact that it led to some cool stuff between... I, the, the authority storyline was what it was. You know, we all know that that um, that the, the the authority figure storyline is played out, but that led to some cool shit between Orton and Daniel Bryan. He had one of the best matches of the decade with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 31. Um, that was a good one. Yeah, just just consistent. Very consistent. And like Aaron said, I mean, he is to me, he's that he's that constant. He uh, he's the constant in that in that company and probably in wrestling right now. You know, with 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 Cena gone and Triple H has moved on to being an executive, you know, he comes around once in a while or whatever and and, you know, you Randy Orton is that guy now. And and I think that he had a great decade. He had a great
2: Oh, uh, Sorry. It, well, he
0: just had a great decade in doing two things, one being a constant, one being a consistent, and also in helping, if you watch the people that Dan, that Randy Orton worked with over this past 10 years, he and, and Cena helped, they did what you're supposed to do. They helped build the future. They worked with all these guys that are now main eventers. You know, you watch, you look at any guy that's on top in the WWE right now, and I I guarantee you they went through Orton or they went through Cena in the past 10 years.
2: This is going to be, like, a silly statement. Okay? Mm -hmm. But, like, if you would take Saturday Night Live, okay? Right. Saturday Night Live. You know what Randy Orton is? He's the Phil Hartman of the WWE. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's always there. He's always there. And you put him out there. You tell him to do something. He's going to fucking do it. And he's going to make it better than anybody else in the goddamn show. And he's going to make everybody else around him better for fucking being there. And, like, Randy's... Like body movement, is fantastic, and the way like like the way he would like slither into an RKO is fucking fantastic, and 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 like I said, I didn't put him on my list because I knew you would, I knew you were, were going to put him on there, so I didn't do it. But Randy Orton is a guy. I'll 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 put it this way if I'm watching modern wrestling, I'm probably going to fast forward. But if Randy, if Randy Orton pops up, I stop. I was like, I want to see what this fucking guy's going to do. Absolutely. And, and his dad was fantastic. Loved his dad. Mm -hmm. Bob Orton Jr. is fucking phenomenal. I'm begging you, man. And, yeah, I'm begging you, man. Like, I could go on for a long time about Randy Orton, so I'll
1: stop.
0: Kyle, who's your number nine for the 2010s?
1: 2010s. I'm going to put Bray Wyatt.
0: All right, so I can say this, Bray Wyatt. Oh, uh, before we go to Bray Wyatt, I I promised that I would do this as the show went on. One of our listeners, Jayla Masters, commented on my post earlier and said, if Randy Orton isn't in your top five... Sorry, Jay, of the decade I can't respect your list. So Jay's not going to respect my list because I had Randy at number ten. But anyway, Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt was also on one of our listeners' lists. Uh, Archie Mitchell said that uh, Bray was one of his favorite of the decade, and he was one of my honorable mentions, one of my two honorable mentions, Kyle. So we are on the same wavelength with Bray Wyatt. Oh, what
2: is um? Oh, made. sorry,
0: Todd Ryder, one of our listeners too, also said Husky Harris. <laughs> As a joke. So I guess technically he picked Bray Wyatt.
2: Mate. Yes. Real quick. What is uh Bray Wyatt's El Spano name? Oh, I'm sorry. Elijo de Shyster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so Say Kyle it again.
0: Kyle make your what? Say, Say it, it again. Like, Elijo.
2: Scheister. Yeah, so there.
0: <laughs> Kyle, what is your what is your case, and I'll help you make it for Elijo de Scheister, being number nine.
2: Well, his case his case was carried by his father, <laughs> which he used to explode that fucking piece of shit that Bruce Beefcake's face. Aaron
0: always working Beefcake into some shit.
1: Yep. <laughs> well. But it's funny you mentioned Husky Harris, because here's a guy that he goes down to developmental, redefines himself, comes back as the cult leader. Mm -hmm. There was more hype around him.
0: You guys both know I was a mark for that gimmick before it even hit the main roster.
2: Wait, a guy went down to developmental and became a cult leader? Yeah, pretty much. What? That was Triple H, right?
0: <laughs> All right, we're on Bray Wyatt. <laughs>
2: oh, okay.
0: And you know what, Br- Bray Wyatt... Oh, go ahead, Kyle, I'm sorry. Uh,
1: here, Here's the thing to me, is that Bray Wyatt has shown... I mean, granted, yes, here in the, the last, you know, year or so, he's switched things up. But to me, he's a lot like Undertaker, where... He is able to get a sense of when he's becoming stale. Mm -hmm. And then he can go away and redefine himself, reimagine himself. And
0: I was going to say that. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say Bray Wyatt is fucking Teflon. Like, that guy has gone through, you know, like, you guys remember, he had that feud with Cena. And I was so disappointed that they didn't put him over in that feud. But you know what? And then I was like, "Well, I guess it's over for him." But you know what? His fucking talent. That, and it's one of those things that proves that true, honest-to-God talent will always rise above the bullshit. Because no matter how much they've put that character through and beat that character to fuck, sometimes over the past decade, his, 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 like you said, like Undertaker, his, he's, he knows his, he is his character and he reinvents his character and he makes it so Vince kind of needs him you know what i mean
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i don't know if that's because of his bloodline you know cuz he has he has a very rich wrestling bloodline and maybe it's just in his instincts to be that damn good but no matter what he's doing no matter what they put that character through no matter what kind of buck fucking butt pounding they put that character through since it debuted he has been Consistent in the ring, consistent with his character, and absolutely delivered.
1: You put the the fucking Firefly Funhouse gimmick on anybody else, and they would never have gotten off the ground to the point where you know it was like, okay, there's something here. Right. There's something to it.
0: And it and with that guy behind it, it had teeth, and it absolutely works. And I'm glad to see him on top. And finally for real and being where he needs to be. And that's at the top of the card. You can question some of the booking sometimes or whatever, you know, people shit on that thing with Rollins and, but you know what? They still had a good match. It's not their fault. They were put in a red cage with red lights and a big fucking hammer. It's not their fault. They still had a good match. He still has a great character.
1: Um, and I, I will say this, and I am super excited for the Royal Rumble with him, Daniel Bryan. Yes. I yeah. think more more excited than I have been. Yowie, wowie. Yowie,
3: wowie. <laughs> our,
0: our new co-host, Google Translate makes an appearance there. <laughs> <laughs> but I am too. I'm excited about that match. I'm excited about that feud. Um, the only thing I'm not excited about is is what I'm what I'm thinking. <laughs> what I'm thinking is probably gonna There's, be.
2: Oh, hey! What? I got "owie wowie" translated in the in the Chinese.
3: Wow! Wah wah. <laughs>
0: Sounds like a baby. <laughs> it's a little baby. Wow! I'm not. I, <laughs> that's what I'm feeling right now about Bray Wyatt and. Roman reigns at WrestleMania. Cause I'm afraid that's where we're going for WrestleMania, but that's a side Man, note. And again, again, he's, he's, he's Teflon, so he'll make it through, but definitely, I, like I said, he was an honorable mention on my list. Aaron, real quick. What do you think on Bray Wyatt? Kyle's choice of Bray Wyatt as number nine.
2: I enjoy Bray Wyatt and I enjoyed the fire. The, um, Goddamn blues, blue shit he did. That was fun. But I just think that at the end of the day, it's just, it, it doesn't. I don't want to talk. I don't want to be a broken record. Or I don't want to be like a fucking. I don't want to be like Rihanna and just keep getting beaten. That. the new product doesn't like, you know, captivate me. And I just I don't the fiend thing's cool to me, but I think it's it's watered down with how they present it. And you know Ray Ray Wyatt's great in the ring. Okay, like like when right, right now, okay, with the modern era, I watch a pay per view. And I dig it. I dig the pay per view.
0: Okay? I'm the same way. The week to week show I could live without,
2: but the pay per views great. The week to week show makes me feel like a 1983
1: Ring Boy. Getting slapped around. Let's see. Isn't that
2: the- fucked in the ass by Terry Garvin? <laughs> But then when I watch the show, when I watch the pay-per-view, I'm like, these are good matches. You know? But when I watch the show, I feel like I'm getting raped and it's fucking terrible.
1: Uh, but see, here's the thing about that. And this is it's very interesting because <clears throat> like it, it's almost like the, the pay-per-views are targeted towards us because you know in the pay-per-views you're gonna get good fantastic matches, which is what we wanna see. Raw, maybe we're looking at it the wrong way. Maybe Raw and Smackdown isn't for us. <laughs> I, <yeah. laughs> and that's what I'm trying to say.
2: You don't, I, don't, know, don't, want, I is, don't want to diss not... anybody. I don't want to diss anybody that likes fucking Monday Night Raw. Like right now, if you like it, if you watch this show fucking right now, like it's Monday now.
1: It's but see here's the thing. I don't for, think there are
2: 11 minutes. If some if some kid sits down and watches Monday Night Raw, like if he was my kid, I'd be like, hey man, that's cool. Enjoy it. Uh, I'm gonna go over here and fucking eat the Kitos and I'm gonna watch fucking Saturday night from nineteen ninety two because that's better than what's on fucking Raw right now. Because what's we'll on Raw right now is fucking garbage. But then when I sit there and I watch a pay per view, I'm like, this is a goddamn good show. Raw like wrestling like WWE right now is a standalone show, they have great matches. But what leads you to that is fucking trash, like Bobby Bobby Lashley. Okay, Bobby Lashley and Rusev could probably have a fantastic wrestling match, but what
1: got me to there is fucking garbage, and it might be. But here's and this is what I'll say, and I'm maybe I'm trying to be the positive one on it. But if the I agree with you, Bobby Lana thing is I. I don't think there's any place for that in pro wrestling, but whatever. But the, the no, fact there's is, a place for it if it's written properly. I don't know. I uh, I don't know. But anyways, but if that if that gets somebody interested in it and they're like, you know what? Like I'm I'm liking this wrestling thing. Then I'm all for it. I'm all for wrestling fans, you know, for new fans. I'm all about people, you know, discovering stuff. Because, yeah, you know, they might say, hey, you know what? I like that Roman Reigns. And, they, oh, man, that they thing, might, they you They might know. say that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> see, but, see, like, Nate, Nate, you're there, right? Yeah. You're there, Nate? I'm here. The um, Rusev-Bobby uh, Lashley thing, okay, that's an okay angle, right? It's an okay angle. It's an okay thought.
0: It has exposed but, Lana. It has exposed Lana a lot.
2: Yeah. But but the angle itself is um ass backwards booking. Like they did that in like eighty seven. Because it was Flair and Jimmy Garvin. And they allowed Ric Flair's character to think, oh, this lady's all about me, and then they they hooked him, and he went in there, and then all of a sudden, fucking Flair and his manager wound up in a fucking pool right. and were humiliated. And guess what? Ric Flair lost nothing from it. But they're doing this angle now, and fucking Rusev looks like a fucking idiot.
0: Except this week. They course corrected this week.
2: I didn't watch this week, so. This
0: this past week, he's like. It it is actually kind of funny. This past week, his new thing is you know, after a few weeks, I'm glad the bitch is off my back. I'm having the best. (laughs) I'm having my best life. I'm having my best life. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool now. Like they've actually ta- like they course corrected, and it's actually kind of neat because he's like enjoying his life now without his oppressive fucking
2: wife. Yeah, it's like now <laughs> I can fucking play PlayStation whenever I want. And... Yeah,
0: yeah, it's kind of like he was like dancing with uh, Noe Jose's Dancy people and shit. It was funny. It was actually pretty entertaining.
2: But anyway, kind of cool. If they're doing, but do you get what I'm saying?
0: Yes, I do. I do. You're right. But until this week, it was booked. It was booked fuckery. It was fuckery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who's number nine on your list, Aaron? Because it's taking us much longer to get through this list than I thought it would. <laughs> all
2: right. Um, The next guy on my list, and like I said, I don't know dates and actual years and all that shit, but the guy I put on my list is Umaga.
0: Umaga was fantastic.
2: Good pick. Umaga is is my second favorite big-ass Samoan guy. Fucking love him. He, um,
0: he didn't have much of an impact in the decade except maybe the first year or so. But, you know what? Still, what? Are me, you, what are, no, I was gonna say it's what are your fa- your favorites of the decade, even if it was only a year. Um, but yeah, I mean, Umaga. Can you argue with the fact that that guy was great? That guy was fucking amazing.
1: What an impact! Yumenga.
2: He is my second favorite, like John Cena foil or like you know opponent. I just... Fucking Umaga was fantastic. And... He's a guy that... I know a lot of people say, oh, if this guy would have passed away, he would have been the biggest... I I think if Umaga, the man, would have been healthy and... straight... I think Umaga would have been somebody that ten years from now, like in 2035, people would be talking about as being a fucking superstar.
0: An amazing Hall of Fame career
2: is what he would have had. Yeah. And the short period of time that he had... Eclipses a lot of what anybody could say. Oh, this guy's the best superstar of the decade. Like Umago is fantastic. You will get no argument from me.
0: So number Are you pick num- a Number song? number nine on my list of the, the the top ten of the decade is John Cena. And. Mm. Uh,
2: if, on my list, you piece of shit. If if if,
0: if you would have told me, Aaron knows this, if you would have told me in 2004 or 2005 or even 2006 that I would have put John Cena on a top 10 of a decade, I'd have disagreed with you. Um, But that guy is one of those guys like um, Jack Swagger, in a way, that changed my mind about him as his career went on. Because John Cena became, in this decade, not only a very consistent performer, but then toward the end of the decade, he did what you do. He made... John Cena made new stars. You You can say what you want about however the finish of the match was booked with, say, him and Bray Wyatt, which I was pissed about, or him and Rusev, or whatever... But at the end of the day, when you watch the matches, when you watch the feuds, when you watch the stories, John Cena put those guys over. And if Vince McMahon wanted John Cena to get the pinfall in the end, that is what it is. But Cena went out and made stars out of so many guys that are big stars now, like Bray Wyatt, like Rusev. Uh, Namely, uh, can can you deny that... As far as making his making him a star in the mainstream WWE, then I'm not saying the guy couldn't have done it on his own, but John Cena did his part in making Kevin Owens. I mean that that mm-hmm. to me to me that's his biggest accomplishment. Like I, I don't know why, but in the two thousand tens his feud with Owens is what stands out to me the most.
2: This is gonna be a, a silly statement. And you're probably going to tell me I'm wrong or whatever. But it's like, tell me a match. Like, not even a big time match. But like, tell me a match you've watched with John Cena that wasn't good.
0: I mean... I I can't really, other than, I mean, some of the earlier stuff, but I'm not, you know, we can't fault somebody for their earlier shit. But, yeah, I mean, consistent, I mean, a consistent performer, an absolute consistent performer.
2: Like, he had his feud with Big Show. That was good. His feud with Edge. That was fantastic. His feud with, like, his on and off feuds with Randy Orton. Fantastic. The One of the greatest um, last man standing matches ever was with a guy that I just talked about earlier, Umaga. Like, John Cena got a good match and a compelling storyline story out of Kevin Federline. So, yeah, John Cena's fantastic. And if, even if the guy had shitty matches okay? Like, even if all of his matches sucked ass, John Cena is a fantastic human being. Yes. I've never met the guy. I never will. But when I would see things where he would be doing, like, make-a-wish shit, like, I wholeheartedly believe that he's not putting on A show for it.
0: No, somebody. I believe
2: believe that this guy is that genuine of a human being.
0: Yeah, somebody doesn't take the time out of his life to do the most wishes of anybody ever because he's doing it for publicity. Yeah. You know, say you know we were talking about Hogan earlier. We can talk. Eh, uh, probably most of the... Honestly, probably most of the charity shit that Hulk Hogan did was to increase the Hulk Hogan brand. You know, let's be honest. No, well, I do believe that spade Hogan
2: spade. Cared about, cares about those kids.
0: Well, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I, I, yeah. find, I find Hogan to be at least 70% disingenuine, whereas with Cena, you're right. I mean, I find him to be very... He's a genuine person. He's a genuine guy. Yeah that uses his stardom to do good things. He appreciates what he has and wants to share it with other people and and help them benefit from it.
2: So even even more so of his matches and everything like that, I think John Cena should be considered, because he was on my list, and I just had to edit him off of there, because you brought him up, but to me, that's what makes John Cena like one of the tops on my list. Is that he is that guy? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Kyle, you had said,
0: you said you said, you said you had Cena on your list as well.
1: Yep, he was number three.
0: Okay, what made him what? Anything we haven't discussed already that made you put him on your list? Any matches, that stick-out, angles, anything?
1: John Cena is the Hulk Hogan of the 2010. He is the guy, the guy that everyone looks at. I mean, from... Now, granted, I understand that like 2007 was kind of like his ascent to greatness, but.
0: But we're not talking uh, about that decade.
1: No, Aaron,
0: Aaron keeps going back to that decade, but (laughs) we're not talking about that decade.
1: But in this past year, or these past 10 years, name me one guy that has been more consistent than what John Cena is. I mean, think about it. This past year was the first time that he has not wrestled a single pay per view. Mm-hmm. He has had main event matches. Think about it. He headlined WrestleMania with The Rock twice. Well, <laughs> yeah, but had
0: had, had, what, had one I of mean, the, had one of the best programs of the decade with CM Punk.
1: Yep, I mean he is that guy that was consistent. And he's one of those guys that you really don't appreciate until he's gone,
0: for sure. So, who was your number nine, Kyle?
1: Oh, sorry, Becky Lynch.
0: Becky Lynch. All right. Mm-hmm. Was that was that your number nine? I thought we started with you.
1: <laughs> that was my number
0: eight. Okay, your number eight. Um, yes. So, I guess uh, would it be Aaron? What's your number nine?
2: My number nine, Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't put people in order.
0: I I think we we started with you, Kyle, then me, then Aaron.
2: I think we lost out. Let Kyle go. Okay. Kyle,
0: Becky Lynch was next on your list. Yeah. I don't have any females on my list. I have her and I actually have her and Sasha Banks on my honorable mentions list. Um, Becky, Becky is, and and I'll let. Actually, I'll let you start it off because it was your pick. But, so go ahead.
1: Becky, and then one other person later on in my list, to me, were the two people that have brought legitimacy to women's wrestling in WWE. Mm-hmm. They are the the two figureheads. There is, it's either you are Becky Lynch or you're for the other one. I mean, it's just, they are, they are this generation's, for lack of a better word, but Flair and Steamboat. They are this generation's Hogan and Savage.
0: Becky is definitely, I would say, what I, what I would compare her to the most. Her ascent the way that her career has played out in that uh, from the beginning, she wasn't, she was never the chosen one. Uh, I compare her and not, not a comparison as in she is at the level of this person, not in the compare. Don't get me twisted, but in this generation for women's wrestling, she is Steve Austin in that, that it was completely, Organic. It was nothing that they... She wasn't the one they wanted. She wasn't the one they wanted. They wanted... They wanted to go with Charlotte. Becky was not the one they wanted. And Becky was the one that fans chose. Because she is... She is authentic. She is genuine. She has a great skill in the ring. She has a great skill on the mic. She connects with the audience. And... She is, She's the
1: people's choice. If you had told me in 2010 that, hey, this next decade, you're going to see a revolution in women's wrestling, I'm sure all of us would have been like, <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, you've said that before.
1: <laughs> you know, you, the fact is that they're going to main event WrestleManias. They're going to main event pay-per-views. They're going to be the matches that you want to see the fact is it's because of them that I enjoyed the women's world rumble more than the men's last year.
2: My favorite female of the like women's revolution. I like Becky Lynch. Don't get me wrong. It's not Becky Lynch. It's I, I think Alexa bliss is fucking amazing. It's Alexa bliss. And What I've seen, like, they're trying to, like, make her a face the last time I saw It's like, I don't think Alexa Bliss should be a face. Like, Alexa Bliss could be the... Are you guys laughing at me? No. Okay. I think, like, and you're going to say this because his daughter's wrestling, but Alexa Bliss could be the Ric Flair of the female division.
0: Or the, the I actually compare her more to heel Shawn Michaels.
2: Well, yeah. Well, heel Shawn Michaels is Ric Flair.
0: Right, right. But well, yeah. I don't
2: know. Like he, I'm the he best heel, in the heel, ring. Heel Shawn, I'm prettier than all y'all. And like Flair was all the women want to sleep with me, and Alexa Bliss could be all the men want to get with me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I might not be the biggest, because she's not. I may not be. Like, like, you know, like, people say, oh, well, Flair was a one, like, people try to say, like, Flair was a one-dimensional wrestler, or he was this, or he was that. But Flair was not the best at one thing, but he was the best at everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to me, that's what Alexa Bliss is. So if we're going to pick a female performer of of the last 10 years or whatever, to me, it's Alexa Bliss. Plus, she has a nice ass.
0: So who was next on your list, Aaron?
2: The next person on my list, let me whip it out,
0: is... Uh, Seth Rollins And he was on my list as well Which he should be Seth Rollins Seth Rollins is um, Well go ahead make your case first Because I think Kyle was he on your list?
1: No he was on my honorable mentions
0: though Okay
2: Seth Rollins is just Fantastic Like when When I first saw the guy It was not the reason I put Seth Rollins on my list was because the first time I saw him and the first time he came around, I did not like him. Okay. So like me but, with
0: like me with Cena and Swagger because I liked I liked Seth Rollins as Tyler Black. I was a big mark for him in ROH. So like
2: I did the, the thing I did I I would not ever say that I was not a fan of Seth Rollins in the ring. But what Seth Rollins did for me was he won me over. It was like the first time I heard him talk, I was like, I don't want to hear you talk. I don't, I, shut the fuck up. Just wrestle. I don't want to hear you talk. But he drew me in as a fan. And when Seth Rollins is on TV now, I want to see it. And I believe this guy is a champion. And I believe him as being. Like I'm lost for little words what, and what a little word shit. Let me try like, he's he he's a new wrestler. He's a wrestler of the new millennium that I want to watch.
0: Let me tell you something that will make you I can kind of I can kind of um I think I can take what you're trying to say and put it into into words. Okay. Seth Rollins is probably Let's say, as far as size-wise, he's probably there with Sean and Brett, right? Yeah. Okay. Seth Rollins is that guy that is the size of a Sean or a Brett. And if he is in the ring with Brock Lesnar, I still believe yeah. Seth can do it.
1: Yeah. Because he's like, that I fucking can good.
2: Be- yeah, I can believe that Bret Hart could wrestle Kevin Nash. Right. But I, and, and it's not knocking the guy. But if I would watch Kevin Nash, or like, you could take Bret Hart and put him in the ring with Diesel, and I believe it, okay? But if you took Diesel and put him in the ring with the one, two, three kid, eh, I'm not going to believe it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? And it's not even, and like I said, like, Seth Rollins, when he first came in, I didn't, and and he became, like, the guy or whatever in the company. I hated his fucking promos, but as it's gone on, he's gotten better. And I just think Seth Rollins is, when he's on, I want to watch him. Mm
0: -hmm. And he, he, he had, obviously, he was in The Shield. And then I... Actually, liked his his pairing with the authority. Yeah, I, I dug him. I dug him as a swarmy heel there. Um, I actually, li- I I am actually really happy that they turned him and hooked him up with the AOP now because I like Seth much better as a, as a heel than I do a babyface. Um, so I think he he's cast properly right now. But like I said, I mean, you look at his feud with Lesnar the past year. It, it, was, it was believable that Seth Rollins was going up against Brock Lesnar. And for a guy his size, that is a testament to his talent and his ability. So, uh, Kyle? Yes? Who is next on your list, sir?
1: Next on my list is The Miz. Fucker. who's on my list?
0: Well, I'll let, you, I'll let you two talk about The Miz because I'm not a huge Miz mark.
3: Well, well,
2: take a pause it for a minute. What? How the fuck can you not like Slinky Dog? That was James. He's one of those
1: guys that, to me, he's consistent. Miz is fantastic. Now, I think he's just now finding his stride.
2: If somebody uh, tells you they don't like The Miz, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. He's... I don't want to say the complete package, but he's good in the ring. Um, He's fantastic on the mic. He engages the audience. He... He... I, I just think The Miz was, is fantastic. And Nate... There, Nate? Yes. Yeah. When The Miz showed up, no lie. Who was a Miz fan? It wasn't me. I know. Who was? It was you. It was me. And who said, hey, this guy's going to be fantastic and he's great. It was me. And who's still fucking making money and banging Maurice and has a show on USA and is still fucking main eventing pay-per-views. It's the fucking Miz. Mike Mazarian is money and is making money and is a superstar.
0: I will argue with none of that. But I will defend my position in 2006 in that I was not particularly high on some guy with a rooster haircut going, Hoorah! 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 So yeah, I mean, he had to grow on me like a cancer. And I mean, he's not terrible. And But I, that's why I wanted you guys to talk about him because he's definitely not on my list. I don't hate The Miz anymore like I did back then. He has become, to me, passable. He's passable. I, I, I'm kind of indifferent on him. Like there are times he really entertains me and there's times where he doesn't, I do not like him as a baby face. I will say that.
2: Oh, I don't like him as a baby face either. And Nate, this is going to be a very strong statement when I say this. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you know me better than anybody. So you're going to realize that this is a strong statement when I s- And when I say it, you're going to know that I believe it. Okay? Right. You ready? Ready. For the era that he is in, comparable to a previous era, do you know what The Miz could be if he was used properly? Do you know what he could be for the era that he's in now? The Miz right now could be the Roddy Piper of his era. I can see that. Like he could be the guy that you don't see wrestle every single fucking week or every single month, but he could be the guy that talks about what the fuck is going on around him and sell it. You know? Like, Kyle didn't say anything when I said that either, but, like, I'll use this as an example. Roddy Piper, like, it doesn't get talked about enough. Roddy Piper was pretty integral in the Hulk Hogan-Andre the Giant feud. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Because you have you have you have Piper, who is a guy that has been Hogan's fiercest rival. Rival, going.
2: You're bleeding. You're bleeding, and, and or you got this. Uh, you got this guy, and you're like Miz could be that guy, you know. So honestly, I I think I'm smarter than what I thought I was because you agreed with me. Like Miz could be like the Miz TV or whatever could be the Piper's pit of now if they used him properly.
0: It is. It is the Piper's pit of now. His talk show is the closest thing to Piper's pit since the eighties. You know, they've tried a lot of them. Yeah. But no, I mean, Miz TV in, in what, for what modern wrestling is, is the modern wrestling equipment equivalent of Piper's Pit because sometimes he's just contributing to someone else's storylines and other times it actually contributes to his storylines. And he does a good job with it. Like I said, from the beginning of this, when you brought him up, I wanted you guys to discuss him because you both had him, you know, you both had him there on your lists. I'm not hating on him in this decade. He's not, he's not in my top 10 by any means, by any stretch, but I, I I no longer hate on the Miz like that. He's not a guy that I'm. I'm just kind of indifferent to him. Like sometimes I dig him and sometimes I don't. Mostly I dig him when he's a heel. So the next guy, unless you guys have anything else on the Miz,
1: nope, we'll go in.
0: Uh, the next guy on my list, and and some people may say I'm putting him, putting him on there too early, but I don't think I am because he did. Have a presence in wrestling, maybe not WWE, maybe not the major leagues, but I was a mark for him before that. Um, And he has become, quite possibly, one of the top five performers in all of WWE over the past couple of years. I say a top ten in the modern era, in the modern decade of the 2010s would be Adam Cole.
1: Mm -hmm. Adam Cole is great. Adam Cole
3: is great. Adam Cole, by the end of his
0: career, we are going to be talking about him in the air, that we talk about Michaels, Flair, um, Rock, Cena, Hogan, Stone Cold. Adam Cole is the future of wrestling right now. That dude has never... I've never seen a bad Adam Cole match. I've never seen a bad Adam Cole promo. You know, the only thing anybody could ever say, and it would just be Vince, about Adam Cole is size. Adam Cole is fucking amazing. And I think in 10 years, when we're st- we will still be doing this show in 10 years, goddammit. I think that he's going to be the number 1 wrestler for the 2020 decade.
1: I agree.
2: Aaron, do you do you agree? I have not seen enough of his stuff.
0: Disagree, but I mean, what I've watched, I enjoy. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Like, I I would I, I know you don't again you don't watch a lot you don't watch as much of the modern product. If anything, if anything, if you want to watch some modern product stuff, I would suggest just go it, it, just NXT. It doesn't even, you don't even have to go back to Ring of Honor because he was fucking amazing there too, but. Just if you just go back to from the moment he came into NXT to now and watch any of his matches, any of his promos, anything, you will you will you will come back to me and say, As an old school wrestling fan, you are absolutely right. This guy has it. And Kyle, you sound like you agree with me.
1: Mm hmm. Um, he is on my normal mentions, but um, he didn't quite make the list just because I think that he is one of those guys that the future is going to be on him.
0: Right. Right. And and again, I mean, I I struggled with putting him on this list, but then I was like, "No, I'm just going to put him on it because to be honest, he, he when I made my original list, Adam Cole actually replaced Jay Lethal. Um mm. Just because I, I, I weighed Adam Cole in the fact that he actually went to WWE and has succeeded within the biggest wrestling company in the world. you know, Granted it's on their third brand, but he suc- and Jay Lethal didn't because I'm really a big mark for Jay Lethal and I thought he was one of the best of the 2010s too. but I replaced I replaced Adam Cole. Or I replaced Jay with Adam Cole because I just think Adam Cole number one, had a bigger impact because he he let himself come to the big leagues, and two, I think that that more than Jay Lethal, Adam Cole is the is literally, I think Adam Cole and Drew McIntyre are the future of wrestling, to me. When I watch the modern product, they're the future. So, um, so I guess I'll go to uh, Aaron. Who's next on your list?
2: Oh, we're doing the next wrestler. Yes, sir. Okay, I thought maybe we were doing a song. Not yet. Okay, let me get that back up here. Damn it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with one that I don't think anybody put on their list. Okay? Okay. And... It's because I put this guy on my list because he was the one thing in the last ten years that completely boggled my mind and fucking, like, threw me for a loop that, like, what the fuck is going on? Okay? You ready? Broken Matt Hardy.
0: You know what? Outside mm. outside of WWE, I'll give you that one.
2: Because he Matt Hardy, when he did that broken fucking thing, that brought for for a moment, for like a a, a time, it. Brought me back in the fucking like, what the fuck is going on? Like, like this is amazing. That broken universe shit.
0: (laughs) Senior Benjamin, get to uh, the boat.
2: Yeah, get to the get to the dilapidated boat.
0: Yeah, the dilapidated. I couldn't think of the adjective, so I didn't use it. But yeah, the dilapidated dilapidated boat. (laughs) Yeah
2: and he's like like everything about it was fucking fantastic vanguard one fucking everything was fucking fantastic <laughs> the fir- the no lie the first time you see it you think this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen but the more it goes you're like this guy is a fucking genius <laughs> Matt Hardy is a fucking genius broken Matt Hardy is fucking fantastic
0: and it's funny because I you know I'll be honest like I don't know when it was I can't remember what it was I was watching uh, if there
2: was, there wouldn't be an owie wowie fucking firefly funhouse if there wasn't Broken Hearty. And I know you guys like him. And I like him too. But that was the inspiration for it. Right. Denied.
0: It's funny that you... Because... I don't even It doesn't matter. I was watching some 2003 WWE. Okay. And... It was funny because I thought to myself, I didn't realize back then how creative this guy was to create something like Woke Matt Hardy or Broken Matt Hardy or whatever. And then I'm watching it back and I'm like, when he's like, I'm Matt Hardy, (laughs) V1.
1: Like, it's like,
0: this is really fun. It's so fun.
2: The little mf and <laughs> and he's, and he's got like you know, he's coming out and he's got fucking Matt facts and all that shit. Matt Hardy, and, and I know that all that shit happened before you know.
0: Yeah, it happened 20. before this ten, this this decade, but whatever.
2: But I'm just but saying, you can see Hardy, the
0: potential there,
2: Matt Hardy. As a as as a performer, as a wrestler, as a man in that industry, is completely fucking downgraded. Matt Hardy's fantastic, and he is a fucking genius in my opinion, and. If anybody wants to say, oh, I don't agree, Matt Hardy's terrible, or whatever, just look at everything that guy's ever done. Fucking Matt Hardy is the shit. In my opinion. And if nobody, if anybody wants to say, oh, no, you're wrong, look at the Broken Hardy shit. Like, it's the only thing that TNA ever did. That piqued my interest and kept me going.
0: Kyle, anything on Matt Hardy?
1: Nope.
0: So, who is next on your list?
1: <clears throat> Charlotte Flair. Really?
0: Hmm. I
2: am She's boring. Uh <laughs> huh. I just said what I said.
0: <laughs> None of us heard you.
2: <laughs> she's boring.
0: Think so? Yeah. I don't. I don't think. She, I don't think she's boring. I. I. Oh, Kyle, you brought her up. You make your case.
1: <clears throat> I think that she is. <sighs> if Becky Lynch is the Stone Cold, then. I think Charlotte Flair is a rock. I think you're going to see those two continue to have rivalries throughout the next 10 years. They are... She is... Not only does she have the name, Flair, but she, to me, is almost as good as what her dad was. I think she's able to bring... Anger and heat. She has that mentality of I'm better than you.
0: She, she's one that definitely, um, just like I was saying about the Miz, I like her as a heel. I, I don't I don't like her as a face. Like right now they're trying to play her as a face. I just don't. I can't get into her as a face. But I will say she is a great – she's a great heel. She's a great female heel. Um, But I think sometimes she's, again, face heel, face heel, face – she suffers sometimes from the way WWE books now, if that makes sense, you know, and their frenetic booking where they turn people like they're the big show or Lex Luger and just keep turning them face heel, face heel. You know, like there's people that this year started as a face – then they spent the mid-part of the year as a heel, and now they're a face again. It, 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 sometimes sometimes WWE's booking hurts people, if that makes
1: sense. Right. Wow. Okay.
2: Sorry, <laughs> I hit the wrong button.
0: <laughs> I want to mention, as we're... Uh, Uh, Two listeners commented on Facebook that uh, I did not mention when we talked about the wrestlers, but um, Nick Francis, one of our listeners, said that uh, his favorite wrestler of the decade was Seth Rollins, and um, Archie Mitchell also had on his list The Miz, so he was in in agreement with you guys on that one. So I get the next one, and the next pick for me... The next pick for me is Shinsuke Nakamura.
2: Nakamura (laughs) was on my list too. Goddamn,
1: (laughs) man.
0: Kyle, was he on yours?
1: (sighs) He was almost on my list. He got beat out by somebody else.
0: Okay. Um, Nakamura had a great decade. Number one being one of the biggest stars in Japan, obviously. In New Japan, you have to consider New Japan because outside of WWE, no matter what anybody wants to say about AEW or any other promotion, outside of WWE, New Japan worldwide is the most is the most prestigious and most successful wrestling organization in the world. He had great matches there, and then he came to the WWE. He had great matches in the WWE. Whether the finish, the booking, et cetera, et cetera, are great. During his time in WWE, he's had nothing but consistently good matches. Um, His matches with Sami Zayn are the stuff of legend to me. That's fucking amazing. Those two are great together. AJ Styles, his feud with AJ. Um, His reign as Intercontinental Champion. Um, Nakamura's just had a fantastic decade. And he's one of the he's one of the best in the world. WWE doesn't always use him the best, but he is one of the best performers in professional wrestling hands down.
3: Yeah.
2: We had to watch him.
0: <clears throat> I don't know. It seems like everybody's in agreement there, so I don't think we're gonna have a lot of debate. Well, no. He I mean,
2: was yeah. fantastic. Or not he not was fantastic. Sinche Nakamura is great and I've never watched anything that he's done that I didn't enjoy and like you said I was like I didn't go to like the egg dome or whatever and watch him wrestle over there but everything I've seen from him, in the modern era he's fantastic and his entrance is great I enjoy me some Nakamura
0: so before we take a break because we gotta take a break for our listeners let's do we're gonna play
2: some Google Translate rap
0: let's do a Google Google Translate are we gonna do are we gonna do uh, Forgot About Dre now is that what we're doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna be happy about this.
2: What fuck was that? You motherfuckers act like you forgot about Dre. <laughs> I think that's what I have going on right now. You guys ready? Ready. Kyle Army, are you ready? Yep.
3: Y'all know me, still the same OG, but I've been low-key hated on by most these niggas with no cheese. (laughs) No deals and no G's, no wheels and no keys, no boats, no snowmobiles. And no skis mad at me, because I can finally afford to provide my family with groceries, got a crib with a studio and it's all full of tracks to add to the wall full of plaques. Hanging up in the office in back of my house like trophies. Did y'all think I'ma let my dough freeze? Oh please you better bow down on both knees. Who you think taught you to smoke trees? Who you think brought you the old easy ice cubes? And DO sees the Snoop D.O. Double G's in the group that said motherfuck the police gave you a tape. Full of dope beats to bump when you stroll through in your hood and when your album sales wasn't. Doing too good who's the doctor they told you to go see y'all better listen up closely. All you niggas that said that I turned pop or the firm flopped. Y'all are the reason that Dre ain't been getting no sleep so fuck y'all, all all of y'all. If y'all don't like me, blow me y'all are gonna keep (laughs) fucking around with me and turn me back to the old me nowadays. Everybody wanna talk like they got something to say but nothing comes out when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish and motherfuckers act like they forgot about Drain now.
0: All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the We Can't Wrestle podcast, episode 83. Aaron has had to uh, duck out on us, so it's just me and Kyle now um, for the rest of the show. We're discussing, as you heard, as you've been listening, we are discussing our top ten wrestlers of the decade, of the 2010s. We've already discussed Charlotte, Becky Lynch. We've already discussed Randy Orton, John Cena, um, Adam Cole, Shinsuke Nakamura, The Miz. I don't think there's anybody I'm missing at this point.
1: Uh, Bray Wyatt. Uh,
0: Yes, Bray Wyatt. Yes. And what else? And Cody. And Cody. All right. Yes. Some re- oh, I, it's because I, I had Wyatt on my honorable mentions and I scratched it out, so there it is. I see it. Um, so the uh, we left off, I was talking about Nakamura. So Kyle, I'll let you go with your next one on your list.
1: Uh, next guy on my list is Finn Balor.
0: Finn Balor, good poll. I didn't put him, I didn't, I didn't put him on my list. Um,
1: um for nothing more, I mean, it just as everything that he did as Prince Devitt was amazing. But if you look at NXT and what it is now, like yes, it was built by Seth Rollins and stuff. But like to me when I think of NXT like the breakout time, like with the takeovers, it was Finn Balor.
0: Right, right. It was Finn it was Finn Balor on top. And you know, it's funny too because as far as his WWE run goes, um not, not even talking about Japan. He has. Oh, I'll get to that later because we're going to discuss something else later. But um, I'll just say, just as a as a very, very quick thing, he's having the best the best part of his WWE career now. Um, this new heel run in NXT has been fantastic. Um,
1: when and, and when NXT, I saw him come out on NXT that first week, I was like. Oh, shit, this just got interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of a better guy.
0: No. Especially, you know, to... He was the best guy to... The, the way that they worked that, it was perfect. Trip, you know, it's Triple H being Triple H, but it was perfect in that, okay, NXT's going to USA, and... So now we want to appeal. We want to keep our our audience that we have on the network. We want to keep that hardcore audience. But we also want to be able to pull some people over from Raw and SmackDown that may not be into NXT. So, what better main roster guy to put back into the NXT mix to please the hardcore fans and bring over the casual fans than Finn Balor? What a genius, what a stroke of genius move, you know?
1: It really, it really is because I mean, with with Finn Balor in the last couple, like last year, he's kind of floundering. He just kind of, he's I, there, I but think, he's not.
0: I think that it, things would have been much different had he not met the Seth Rollins curse and got injured during his, you know, during his first run as a Universal Champion. I think that really, that really hindered him in his momentum. So it's taking a while for him to get his momentum back.
1: Right. I, I'm still thinking that we're going to see. Uh, I, I know that we talked about Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt at Mania, but I, I, for some reason, I got a feeling that we're going to see the Demon versus the Fiend. Mm-hmm. That seems like a WrestleMania match. That seems like a Vince McMahon, like, goddamn, pal, you got to have the Demon versus the, uh, the Fiend.
0: I think that um, I think that that's somewhere they could go. I think that ultimately, ultimately, when you look at the NXT brand, he and he and Tommaso Ciampa are probably the immediate future of that brand. You know, mm-hmm. um, Ciampa Ch- is amazing too. Um, not on my list, obviously, of this list, but um, yeah, I mean. NXT with, with Finn Balor on top is in a very, very good position right now. And you're right. He had a great decade. Um, he's, he's also almost, and I know this, this would be blasphemy to Aaron if he was here or maybe not. He may, because he likes Balor too. Balor is almost like, to me, like dynamite kid in that, in that he, he's one of those few guys that did his most amazing stuff outside of WWE. Um, so hopefully he can show that going forward in WWE, being on NXT, and having having the chains, you know, handcuffs kind of taken off. Um, so I, I definitely agree with you, though. What a decade for for uh, Finn Balor. So the next guy on my list is actually um, I put him on my list. I. Let me think here. I don't watch honestly. I don't watch as much New Japan wrestling as I should. As I should, as, as big a wrestling fan as I profess to be, I don't watch a lot of New Japan. I usually well, watch. Well, I usually watch Wrestle Kingdom. I'll watch some some clips here and there. You know, I keep up, but I don't watch the entirety of their shows as much as I should.
1: It's hard to. It's hard. Their their website's not kind. No, <laughs> it's not. King. You're right. It's not. It's not. It's it's hard. It's hard to navigate it. It's hard to keep up. Mm-hmm.
0: It, it, they, they would definitely benefit to me from having essentially an American version of New Japan World. Um, yep. But this guy, I did put him on my list because in the decade of the twenty tens, outside internationally, outside of WWE, outside of the United States, can you can anyone? Deny the decade of Okada
1: no, absolutely not
0: um the guy is a fantastic wrestler, and again, if you look outside of the American wrestling scene, that guy's the biggest the, the biggest he's the big he's the biggest wrestling star in the biggest international wrestling organization that's not w w e in the world and I've never seen a bad Okada match um, you know I'm not a fan of Kenny Omega but Okada made Omega look good, you know? I mean, yeah. those those are... If I'm going to have favorite Kenny Omega matches, his matches with Okada are the best matches he's ever had. And and I, I put that in, in Okada's court. I don't put that in Kenny's court. I'm not a fan of Kenny Omega. I think he's getting exposed now in AEW because he doesn't have opponents like that. Um,
1: <sighs> That's the problem. I... Personally, in my opinion, I think Okada is this generation's Mil Máqueras, mm-hmm. where he is that guy that everyone has heard of. That you know, because like Mil was that guy that like he united generations, right? And I see Okada the kind of the same way, where it's like, no, you you know, as a, as a young fan, you know, getting into. Because as much as we like to say, like, well, wrestling is big here, it's fucking huge over there. Yes,
0: wrestling is, take, wrestling is looked at as the NFL in Japan. It is, it is It is. probably, other than sumo, it's probably the biggest sport in Japan. Sumo and baseball, you know, but I think wrestling yeah. may even be bigger than baseball in Japan.
1: I mean, it's it, if you want to see something cool, look up. Like, people at bars watching. Mm-hmm. New Japan, like watching Wrestle Kingdom, it's huge. It's like the Super Bowl here, and I, I think Okada is one of those guys that he has that name, and he's going to continue on into the next decade where it's like he is the guy that <clears throat> superstars may come and go, and you might have you know guys take over, be the you know the top guy for a little bit, but he's gonna be. That constant. Mm-hmm. And
0: I don't think. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know for sure because I. What do I say? I I don't I don't know for sure just because of some of the people that have gone to WWE from Japan that I didn't think would like I. I you know, as much as I liked him, I, I honest to God back in the back in the day before he signed with WWE, I never thought Shinsuke Nakamura would go to WWE. But I don't see Okada ever making that jump. You know, I see him, no. like you said, I see him being the, the guy that is, is Japan's biggest star. I know he's had a run in CMLL, too, in Mexico. But overall, the majority of his career...
1: Well, Mexico Mexico is, is like Japan is, where it's a huge fucking deal down there. Yeah, part of the culture. You know, I mean, you know, it's it's almost overstated now about lucha libre and everything, but it truly is. I mean, it's it's a big deal. Yes,
0: definitely. Um, before before we move on from Okada and go to your next pick, I do want to mention, as I said earlier in the show, we had a I had a Facebook post for some listener participation, um, asking you guys who you thought your favorite or you thought the best wrestler of the or the best wrestler of the decade was and uh, listener, Josh Blevins. Uh, his comment was a gif of, uh, Adam Cole going boom. So I'm assuming Josh is agreeing with me that, well, that, uh, Adam Cole's on that list. Um, Chris Playa, I hope I'm getting the last name correctly. He said the Miz, he says the Miz sure did go from a piece of shit to a respected WWE superstar. So he did.
1: Um, I mean, that's the thing his rises. Is amazing to watch
0: mm-hmm. he's he is I, I liken miz to edge where he is one of the few you know and 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 even cena to a degree in orton but he's in that league he's one of those few guys that that started in wwe and has just been in wwe and grown in that company he never he wasn't any, ever anywhere else you know he's just a wwe mainstay his whole career and he's probably never going to wrestle anywhere else
1: I can imagine, but, you know, I think in the last two two or so years, three years, you've seen the best out of the Miz that you've seen in a long time, mm-hmm. probably in the best in his career. And who would have thought it? What all it took was him being, you know, let off the chain on that talking smack and letting him actually, you know, right, just talk. I mean, it's it, somebody it, over. They they it's gave, fucking amazing, isn't
0: it? It is, and they they gave him. They gave him that push with the money in the bank, beating Orton for the title, wrestled Cena at WrestleMania. Um, That was obviously um, before this decade. Or no, that was 2010. It
1: wasn't
0: 2009. Was it? Let me think. It was 2010, 2011, one of the two. So it was this decade. But anyway, but he really, really, really hit his stride with that feud with Daniel Bryan. Yep. That was to me. That was the making of the Miz. Um, was that feud with Daniel Bryan? That's when I started to turn my opinion around on the Miz. So who's next on your list? I'm. I'm sure we're getting. We're getting to the point in the, where we're going to be knocking shit off of each other's lists.
1: Yep. <laughs> uh, next on my list, we just brought him up, Daniel Bryan.
0: Daniel Bryan was my number two for the decade. Um,
1: um he, he's. Uh, He's number four just because of the simple fact that, you know, he's had a lot of great moments. I just, uh, to me, there's three other guys that, you know, unfortunately Daniel Bryan had the concussion things mm-hmm. that kind of took him out. And it was a lot of start and stop. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think some, he's had a great decade. Some of it, I just some of, me, some three of other it, guys that.
0: Yeah. Some of it was politics. Some of it was injury. Um. Uh... Let me see here dun, dun, dun. Ryan Damon uh, listener agreed with both of us on on Daniel Bryan. Um, I think that Daniel Bryan to me is I think that, that the reason I, I put him at number two was first of all, he had he was probably the wrestler, second place for as many of my favorite matches of the decade. But also, um, his, his rise was not supposed to happen. His rise was organic, like old school wrestling. You know what I mean? He, he connected with the audience, and WWE, it got to a point where WWE could not ignore it. Because literally WWE's audience was turning on the entire company because they were not giving them Daniel Bryan on top. WrestleMania Thirty, to me, is of the modern WrestleManias the best one because of the shock with the streak and because of Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. You know, of the of the probably since I I, I consider the modern WrestleManias from WrestleMania Twenty Three to today. Um, yeah and cuz to me modern WWE starts when Chris Benoit dies if that makes sense um,
1: it's yeah
0: and so i consider the modern wrestlemania's 23 to today and 30 was the best one and daniel bryan was a reason one of the reasons for that him and undertaker essentially
1: well it was it was an end where everybody came unglued At the end, Mm -hmm. it was that feeling of you know watching it back when we're watching. You know, uh, that's the thing nowadays is that you really don't get the pop.
0: No, and and the other thing the other thing that speaks to the and I may have even I I may have even said it back when we watched the show. But the other thing that speaks to how amazing Daniel Bryan and his connection with the audiences is is you watch WrestleMania thirty that streak ends the air is let completely out of that building until Daniel Bryan comes back through the curtain and now the, even though the Undertaker lost his streak, even though the air is out of the building, even though this is a long show, these people are back into it because of this guy
1: well it harkens back to those days like when people they paid to see Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. they paid to see Stone Cold yes you want, to, you want to see something crazy go back to the night that, that Mankind won the WWF Championship. Mm-hmm. Fucking fans come glued as soon as that fucking glass shatters.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's fucking crazy to watch. It's just like Jesus.
0: <laughs> and Daniel Bryan in this decade has that. And um, um, <clears throat> I'm very excited to see What the next decade brings for him, because having a new lease on life with his career, um, and he had a really good run with the championship as a heel, and now he's back in the babyface role, and it looks like we're gonna get uh, a nice feud between him and the Fiend. They're gonna be wrestling each other at WrestleMania, not at WrestleMania, at the Royal Rumble, and I'm 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 excited to see what you know. It sounds silly, but I almost wish that. He would go to NXT at some point. I I think, that, I think that he would be a great fit for NXT. You know, to be, to be a veteran and, and work with those young guys. And he could, have, he could do amazing things on that show that sometimes the, 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 the handcuffs are on on the main roster. But I don't think he will because of how big a star he is, even though they want to deny it sometimes. You know, you've got to keep Fox happy now.
1: Yeah, it, it's nuts how they try to <laughs> fucking, it's like, can you imagine that zoning a company? Like, we have this guy that everyone loves, but we're going to fucking keep him down and keep him behind the curtain because, God forbid, that it's not the guy that we want.
0: I don't know. It, after the Attitude Era events, just stopped listening to the audience, and you're going to like what I give you, pal. Um, and you know what's funny is you, you look now, it, it worked with Cena. Cena was good enough where eventually now people don't say the Cena thing was a mistake. They, they respect him. I, and I hate to say this because I don't think the guy's a bad wrestler, but the Cena effect is not going to happen to Roman Reigns. No. It's just not. It, it, there's never going to be a point where people accept him as the top guy. Is It is what it is. And he's not a terrible wrestler. And he's not a terrible promo. To me, he's just not the top guy. It's just not where he belongs. He belongs in the mix, you know. He belongs in the main event mix. That's There's no doubt. But he's not Cena. He's not Hogan. He's not Austin. He's not Shawn Michaels. He's not. He's just not. And I think that you look at the you way know, he's booked right now, and they may have finally accepted that. I mean, you know, they kind of they, he's still there, but they kind of moved him down a little bit. Although I'm hearing rumors he might win the Royal Rumble, he might face the Fiend at WrestleMania, blah blah blah. But
1: see, here's my thing: is that I understand that you know they they need that next guy because John Cena is not guys sell t-shirts and trust me I fucking get it I mean you know the big dog and the fucking the truth reigns and stuff like it makes sense it's marketable right I think he could reach that level if he were to be heel Mm -hmm. and I know that that's like the big thing where everyone's like oh heel turn heel turn but no seriously I think he could be like the rock and as a heel
0: turn on the fans yep yeah but it's Vince. Who knows? <laughs> I don't think I don't even think Vince knows half the time now. No. Um number five for me for this decade. Um one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, one of the great chameleons of wrestling. I don't know that anybody has ever been able to adapt and change in the wrestling business like Chris Jericho. <sighs> Jericho. Okay. Jericho was also mentioned by Chris Wood, um, and Wayne Peters, um, and the Facebook group as their pick for the best guy uh, of the decade. I just think that um, looking back through the 2010s, Jericho. First of all, he did like I was mentioning about Cena and Orton. He did a lot, like an old school, real, honest to god veteran. To try to pass the torch in this decade To the next generation He put a lot of guys over Um He you know he 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 helped He helped with with the Miz You know with the 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 the, the, um He helped with With uh Well I mean it didn't work But he tried with Fandango You know that guy was over When Jericho put him over at Wrestlemania Um he obviously helped with Kevin Owens. That's one of the better, the better storylines of the decade. Is the best friends, um, and he just like I said, he just evolves, and now he has gone on, and he's the best. Him and Cody are the best things about AEW. Um, so I mean, I just think that that for a legacy, um, Chris Jericho, and and again, just to be able to evolve, to be as to be a part of as many eras in wrestling as he has been and stay relevant speaks to his talent and his ability.
1: So uh, <laughs> he is my number one. Okay. He was my number one. The simple fact is that when you look at everyone in this past decade from, <clears throat> from 2010 to 2020 it's hard for me to sit there and say That he hasn't been the best professional wrestler this past decade. Mm -hmm. Because think about it. He returns and he comes back with the light-up jacket. Yep. (laughs) And he comes back to face Punk. And, you know, telling Punk, you're not the best in the world. I'm the best in the world. You stole that from me. Mm -hmm. He's lost He lost more matches than he's won. (laughs) And he's still, it's like, it's like Ric Flair. Yeah.
0: He's, he's the greatest loser of his generation. And I know it was, I know it wasn't this decade, but is or is not one of the coolest images ever in wrestling. I think it was 2000, it was 2008 because it was when they had their amazing feud but when him and Sean had the ladder match for the title and he wins the match by a fluke, but he lost a tooth and that image of him on top of the ladder, holding the belt with his smile, but with missing a tooth. I mean, it's just, he's so good. He's so good at doing everything. Like, he he's that's why he's in my top 5 favorite wrestlers of all time. It's a constantly evolving list, but he's always in the top 5 because he is that he is he is as good as a Savage, he is as good as a Michaels, he is as good as a Flair.
1: He was able to pull the mask off Rey Mysterio during the 619. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one take, one take. I mean, you know how, how bad that could have fucked up. Mhm. And they were able to pull it off. Um, but not only that, but then he gets, he gets. Okay, let's let's real quick, because he is my number one and stuff. So we're not gonna have to go back on it, and touch. But he got a light up jacket over. He got a scarf over. He got a fucking potted plant over. He got. He got a piece piece of paper on a clipboard over. Over, he's got <laughs> champagne over. <laughs> I mean. He is He's one of those guys. He's old school. He knows how to work the fans and make people cheer and make people hate him. Mm-hmm. He knows... I mean, look at this AEW thing. He's not out there like, you know, oh, yeah, well, AD, AEW is, you know, it's this great thing. And, it's, you know, he's like, it's great because I'm there. Right.
0: I make this company. And he's doing you know, that on purpose so that he... He, he, he knows, Chris Jericho knows, that if he goes out and he's just Chris Jericho, that crowd is going to cheer him, and that's going to be the opposite of what he wants. That's how he's old school, too, because, you know, the cool, the, the cool heels, everybody wants to be cheered whether they're a bad guy or not. Jericho does everything he possibly can in that company not to be cheered. So he shits on the company. He sh- you know, he knows what to- he knows the crowd's gonna react positively to him, so he does whatever he can to get them to react negatively to him.
1: Yeah. You look at and I know I've said it before, but it to me it just it speaks true that like when you listen to his talk as Jericho, perfect example is when he had Dean Ambrose on, on a show. Mm-hmm. Okay, the show came out after Dean Ambrose appeared at, what was it, Double or Nothing? Yes. When he turned up as John Moxley and he attacked him and he attacked um, Kenny Omega. And it was something small where he's just like, hey, I, we've got this interview that I did a couple of days ago with with John Moxley. Had I known what he was going to do when he showed up, things would have played out differently but he's still trying to keep kayfabe alive on his, even on his podcast. Right,
0: yeah.
1: Cause like, he's to old me, that means something.
0: He's old school.
1: <laughs> I mean, it just, to me, that's, you don't see him hanging out with, you know, the good guys. You uh-huh. don't see him. He's, uh, he's exactly what AEW needs. Like, I don't know if you read, uh, A couple weeks ago, that he basically called a meeting with everybody in AEW. Is like, look, guys, in the tag division, you need to fucking be smart about this. Yeah, because it looks like shit.
0: Well, and 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 maybe just maybe, I mean, maybe he's that. You know, earlier in the show, I was talking about we were talking about AEW, and I was talking about how they were making those mistakes WCW did, where there's not that one guy. They're, you know, they're booking by committee, which makes things very muddy, makes, makes things, it either makes things hard to follow or repetitive or both. Cause I mean, the AEW show to me, like I said, it's already kind of jumped the shark because every week I don't, f- I, first of all, I feel like it's, it almost feels like the same show every week, except when Cody and Jericho are on. And secondly, they just, they don't, they don't focus on the right things and the right people. And maybe he's that guy. Maybe ultimately when things flesh out, maybe that's his next calling is to be the booker. You know, to be to be the guy that is okay, we have a committee of people, but everything goes everything needs to go through one guy. No matter what, it needs to go through one guy. Dusty Rhodes, it went through one guy. Vince McMahon, it goes through one guy. You know, it's it it, it works. It does not work when you book by committee. When you book by committee it's like an indie fed.
1: Yep, I think Tony Khan is smart enough to go. Okay, I don't know if he is. I don't know if
0: he is or not, because he's already got himself out there giving wrestlers stunners. I know he's he's making himself look more and more like the money mark that everybody thought he was from the very beginning, every week.
1: (laughs) What is it with these fucking promoters that want to be a part of the
3: show?
0: I don't know. (laughs) It's like none of you. None of you are Vince McMahon or Eric Bischoff. <laughs> you know, that's been done. It's time to stop that.
1: <laughs> Vince McMahon only did it because he was the only one that could do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, at that time, heel shortage, and the Bret Hart thing happened, and it was just, you know, it was it, essentially Mr. McMahon was a happy accident, really.
1: Yeah. Um, like all three things.
0: And Vince is smart, because if that would, wa- you know for sure if the Mr. McMahon thing... Or he was smart. He's kind of senile now. But if the if the Mr. McMahon thing would have not worked, he'd have cut that shit short really quick. He'd have moved yep. on to something else. Okay, I'm not working as the main heel on TV, so we got to get me off TV. But I don't know if anybody at AEW that's running the show right now has that type of composure. And again, you know, it's just, I know we keep, getting off topic and going back to it, but that's my, it's my AEW. If I was going to say what my biggest disappointment of 2019 is, it's that company. And that's because when the whole thing started, I was so excited. Cause it's like, finally there's competition again. I was really excited for that show. I was really excited for that company and it started off cool the first couple of weeks. And then the, the, it got exposed and the negativity started showing and I'm just, I, I, I do, again, I watch it every week, but I find myself fast-forwarding through a lot of it and not being engaged in watching it like I am when I watch NXT or the NWA. NXT and NWA Power are my two favorite wrestling shows right now.
1: Hopefully they can they can correct it. <clears throat> they can do what Vince McMahon did. See, that was, I have one last point to make about Jericho, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't realize like with Vince McMahon, like think back to like 94, 95 when Vince started getting his ass kicked, he didn't fucking overcorrect himself and immediately flip the script. It was very slow, you know, easing into it. You know, that's, I think that's the problem with WCW was they tried to throw too much at it too quick and I, I hope that AEW realizes they've made mistakes and they slowly correct them instead of trying to throw everything out there to see what happens.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And and if they are if they are smart, that's what they will do. You know, that's 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 what they will. If they're smart, that's what they'll do.
1: <laughs> um, as far as Chris Jericho goes. <clears throat> For for a man that is the size Chris Jericho to get in the face of Brock Lesnar. <laughs> because of everything that happened with the... I don't know if a lot of fans know it or not, but back in SummerSlam when it was Brock versus Orton, Brock opened up Orton Hardway with uh, elbow strikes. Yep. And Jericho got in his face when he walked through the curtain.
0: Because Jericho don't give a fuck.
1: <laughs> no, no, that takes some fucking balls. I sure as fuck wouldn't get in my face. How,
0: how long did he hold Goldberg in a front face lock or whatever? You know, like, <laughs> Jer- Chris Jericho ain't to be fucked with.
1: <laughs> no.
0: And again, it's because he's old school, you know? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, it definitely, like I said, I ranked him fifth. Um. I think mainly, I guess mainly because he had, he, like he always does, like he always does. But he had times where he was gone. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. He fades away, then he comes back again with a with a fire. So he wasn't he wasn't consistently around for the decade. So. Um, That doesn't take anything away from his accomplishments at all, but I think that's just why he ranked 5th for me and not in the top two. Um, But definitely a good pick, and we agree on Chris Jericho. Um, My number four was Seth Rollins, who we already discussed. So yeah, my number four was Seth Rollins. And moving on to my number three in my list, a guy that I don't think can be denied. For the decades of the 2010s, and that is CM Punk. If Aaron were if Aaron were here, he'd be shitting all over this right now. Yes, he would. But uh, also, listeners Tyler Dove, um, Archie Mitchell, and see if anybody else. That was it. Tyler and and Archie mentioned also CM Punk. Um, First of all, the hottest, the hottest, the hot, a very hot start to the decade. Um, Because, I mean, the pipe bomb, that guy was, at the beginning of the 2010s, he was the biggest star in wrestling. And again, much like Daniel Bryan, it wasn't what they wanted, but it's what they had to do. Money in the Bank 2011 is one of the, the, to me, it's one of the most important wrestling shows in history. With Cena and Punk, with the title on the line. Punk's contract. It's such a good story. And he did such a good, he did such a good job.
1: <laughs> Think about this. <clears throat> CM Punk John Cena. Okay. Had a five-star match according to Dave Meltzer. Mm-hmm. That says something right there. I mean, we we poke fun at Dave Meltzer, and a lot of people do, but, I mean, you want to talk about a guy who's fucking seen it all.
0: Yes, and, 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 you (laughs) know, people can poke fun at Dave, and, and, again, I do too. I think that sometimes people take what he says too much as word of law in wrestling. However, however, like you said, you want to talk about, You know, you talk about sports journalists, you talk about a Howard Cosell or a Bob Costas or whatever. Do you always agree with a Howard Cosell or a Bob Costas? No, but you respect them because in their field, in their sport, as a broadcaster, as a journalist, they are the authority. And as far as dirt sheet wrestling journalists go, Dave Meltzer and Wade Keller are the authorities. Yep. Uh,
1: and that's the thing about it. Like I said, it, it, again, it's all subjective. Mm-hmm. And you know what? So what if he gives six stars to a match in the Tokyo Dome? And I mean, the thing is that, again, it's all subjective. That, this That's the biggest point of it is it's hard to say who truly is the best wrestler ever, because it's not just about in-ring work. It's not just about promos or... <clears throat> charisma
0: there, there are only three wrestlers who made entrances in the history of, I'll say WWE. I don't know. You know, I, maybe, maybe in some of the other regional things that I've missed or whatever, but I'm just talking WWE. There are only three wrestlers that have made ring entrances in an arena. They were CM Punk, Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin, where the cameras shook because the arena was so loud. When Punk comes out in Chicago, the cameras, all of them, are literally shaking. Every camera yep. they switch to is shaking because that crowd is so loud for CM Punk. And he had great matches the whole decade that he wrestled in. The part of the decade he wrestled in. And I know it's it's funny because some people might go, well, how can you rank him as... Uh, the best of the decade when he only wrestled four years of it. Well, he's also one of the three... Quality of quantity. Yes, and he's also one of the three entities in pro wrestling. I may or may not edit that burp out. He's one of the three entities in pro wrestling whose name was chanted long after he was gone. People, People always chant Goldberg People always chant ECW, and people always chant CM Punk, no matter how long it's been. That is a lasting impact. You are in the mind of... That means that that person is in the minds of the fans at all times.
1: Think about it. Punk came back to WWE backstage, and everyone lost their goddamn mind. (laughs) I mean, he's not on my list because of the simple fact that I knew... I knew for a fact he was going to be on your list. Right.
0: And then also talking about the him in the decade, one of the coolest feuds, one of my favorite feuds of the decade, other than the Cena feud, other than the stuff he did with Daniel Bryan, let's not forget that. Other than the stuff that he did with Jericho, let's not forget that. But also his feud with The Undertaker. Going into WrestleMania 29. (laughs) Again. (laughs) That,
1: That makes that fucking Mania. Yeah. Worth watching.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and he was one of the guys until Brock beat the streak, until Brock beat the streak, the only three guys I thought had a chance to beat the streak were first Shawn Michaels, because that story was done so well at WrestleMania 26. WrestleMania 23, I thought Batista had a chance. I believed Batista might do it. And then at 29, I believed CM Punk might do it. But that's the only three times... I didn't even believe Lesnar was going to do it at 30. Um, Nope. But CM Punk, that feud with The Undertaker, actually had me believing he may actually beat the streak. Um, So, yeah, just an amazing worker.
1: the the balls that he had to do the stuff that he did. (laughs) You want to talk about a a fucking squirmy heel. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, just... I I'm gonna gush on CM Punk for a minute here, okay? Okay. But fuck, when when Jerry Lawler has the heart attack and Punk comes out when Jerry first comes back and he pretend and fucking Paul Heyman has a heart attack <laughs> in the ring <laughs> and with already the hatred between Paul Heyman and and uh Lawler. Jerry Lawler. It was fucking amazing. (laughs) The fact is that he sits there and he steals the undertaker's urn and he's like, you know, I want to give you my condolences on Paul Bearer because at least to him, he'll, you'll always be perfect. Right. (laughs) It's like, just be able to go to those depths and take it to those
0: depths. Were you with us when we went to that raw? I can't remember. Yes. Okay. That was, that was, and and it's sad because it's, it's, it's Paul Bearer passed away, but Kyle and Aaron and my wife and I were fortunate enough to be at the Raw in Indianapolis, um, that was the memorial Raw for Paul Bearer. And it was, it was really cool for Kendall because Undertaker's her dude, so, and Kane, she loves Kane, so... It was. It worked out. I hate to, God bless you, Paul Bearer. Thank you. <laughs> but it worked out where it wound up being a very heavy, heavy Undertaker Kane episode, and the feud, the feud got a another level of, uh, like you said, swarmy for CM Punk being that swarmy heel you know, mocking a man's death and carrying around the ashes. And it was just, it was so well done. And it was one of the better things that has happened in WWE in this decade.
1: See, because even fans, like at the time, like, you know, even though CM Punk had turned heel, there's still people who are like, you know, cheering for CM Punk. Mm -hmm. You go back and we were there and you go back and you watch when, when Undertaker is doing the, down on his knees, the, the tribute to the the urn of Paul Bearer, and all of a sudden you hear Punk's music hit. <laughs> they turned even on that motherfucker. Who, oh, God. <laughs> he, even the fans who cheered him loved him. fucking They fucking booed the shit out of him. Yes. <laughs> Dick move, punk. And he comes out with that Dick fucking shitty grin.
0: <laughs> um, the. Uh... From the Facebook group, both Archie Mitchell and uh, listener Tyler Dove actually also mentioned CM Punk as their pick. And also, I want to say, Tyler, congratulations! Tyler won the um, the drawing that I did this past month for uh, folks to invite their friends to join our Facebook group. And he got a uh, a minty fresh wasn't in the it wasn't on the card or anything, but a very good condition. Marty Janetti Hasbro figure, um, the Marty in the later Rockers outfit Hasbro figure. So congratulations, Tyler, for winning that drawing. And I'm going to have some more of that kind of stuff coming up in the new year. But anyway, congrats,
1: Tyler. Remember, remember when we were younger and every time you bought a pay-per-view, they gave you free stuff.
0: Yeah, free shit.
1: Yeah, our stuff. Yeah, our stuff's better than that. <laughs> yeah, we're not the, giving you. A, we're not giving you a Buff Bagwell pendant.
0: I was going to say it's not the. Uh, the undertaker keychain that looks so much bigger on tv and when you get it it's just this, like, what it's that? just this rubber piece of shit with a purple undertaker <laughs> logo on it <laughs> recycling <laughs> uh, actually well, actually like, as, what... a, as a collector in my in my older days now i wish i had some of that stuff
1: <laughs> uh, some of it was just garbage then and it's garbage now <laughs>
0: Like a, like a like you said like a Buff Bagwell pennant. pendant who the fuck <laughs> who
1: the fuck wants that nobody what? wants that I, I,
0: why did they even make them <laughs> what a waste of money WCW <laughs> no wonder you went out of business all <laughs> right so we can't co- fucking gift pendants <laughs> we we covered CM Punk who was next on my list. And then Daniel Bryan was my number two. So I have one left. How many do you have left?
1: I have one left too, and I'm thinking that it's the same guy.
0: All right, so this is my number one. We'll see if you got the same guy. Who is it?
1: AJ Styles.
0: AJ Styles. Yes, it is my number one wrestler of the decade. is
1: my number two.
0: AJ. I mean, that's undeniable. You know, like I, I had a hard time picking between him and Daniel at number one. Um, the reason that I picked AJ was because of, like you said, with with Brian, he was out some with, with injury. Um, and just consistently, even though I love Daniel Bryan, consistently AJ did more that I love, I guess, than Daniel Bryan. It, it was a hard choice, but I had to rank him number one uh first of all, I mean the beginning of the decade, you know he he was at any point in time that he was in in impact t n a whatever they're called, he was the best thing on the show, yep. and then moving into new Japan, damn <laughs> damn, his new Japan run well, was amazing.
1: that's the thing about it too. What blows my mind is the fact that. <laughs> the the stars of today Impact had them they had a Samoa Joe they had a Bobby Roode Mm -hmm. they had AJ Styles (laughs) and instead of building your company around them they fucking decide well we're going to bring in Sting we're going to bring in Hogan and and Nash and Hall Like I think it was a great get that they got Engel and Christian well that
0: company it, it, people can hate on him if they want but that company was never in better hands than the hands of Jeff Jarrett. And no, and yeah. when, once shit got deep and Jarrett kind of got started getting pushed away is when that company really went downhill. I was never a huge 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 TNA fan, but to me TNA was always passable when Jeff was in charge. Now after that, like you said, it's just you know it became a vanity project for for old wrestlers to come back, and again, Dixie Carter, a Money Mark, and just yeah. I mean, it might be the same trap AEW falls into, but AJ his new Japan, new Japan run was amazing, and then finally, 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 those of us that were AJ fans, AJ Styles fans, got AJ Styles in the WWE. In 2016, it's hard to believe it's only been about four years since AJ came in because he's had such an amazing career there. It feels like he's always been there.
1: (laughs) That's the thing about it. There's when sting came over, everyone's like, well, that's it. That's the last, you know, big debut. And it's like, no, (laughs) when AJ comes, that's the last big debut. Right. And he was, I mean, it was perfect for him to come out number three at the Royal Rumble.
0: And, immediately, he was one of those guys that, that rightfully so, was immediately um, thrust into the main events. Um, thrust into the title picture. Because he is that fucking good. And I dare anyone, I dare anyone to watch a body of work in the, in a, in the modern era of wrestling that is better than AJ Styles, especially... In this decade, um, he had he had the best Roman Reigns matches I've ever seen. Roman Reigns have. Um, he had that amazing year-long title reign. Um, just generally nothing. I can't say anything bad about him at all. I can't find a negative in AJ Styles' decade in the 2010s. Nothing. Other than you know, other than I... maybe that haircut, but other than that.
1: <laughs> I look back of at when we went and saw TNA at the Coliseum. Well, it wasn't even the Coliseum, it was like the yeah, the convention Exhibition hall. Or yeah, or, yeah. yeah, the convention center. But the main event was AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy and you would think that for, you know, a guy that does this every night that he would just phone it in, but he didn't. Mhm. I mean, they had a a great match, and it was awesome to see him, you know, and I'm sure it's the same way now at WWE live events.
0: Well, it is, and Aaron and I went to a WWE house show earlier this year, and another guy that was on our list, Randy Orton. Orton and AJ was the main event, and they put on essentially a 15-minute pay-per-view match. They didn't hold back. They didn't you know, you go to house shows and some of those guys they they, you know, they don't do their signature spots or they only do their signature spots or you can tell they're just kind of phoning it in. AJ and Randy Orton in that, you know, ten thousand seat arena made you feel like you were watching a WrestleMania match. Like they gave it their all. They're fucking professionals. The match was entertaining. You when you go to a house show, when you go to a live wrestling show, the way you know the best performers for those of you younger listeners that maybe haven't been to a show or what have you i've been to lots and lots of live wrestling shows when you know you know the best performers are the ones that make you turn into a mark the ones that make you get into that match like it's real that's the fucking point you know what I mean? That's the point. When I get into the match and AJ's the heel and Randy's the face, and I'm like, "Fucking AJ, you fucking fuck." I, that's that's the point. That's what's supposed to happen. And that's what you that when you see that, you're watching professional wrestling.
1: I I saw somebody posted a video uh, the other day of a WWE live event, and I just I feel like I need to say it because. We haven't really talked about Roman Reigns and stuff, and I know that Baron Corbin's not one of your favorite guys. I hate that fucking guy. And it ain't, it, ain't, but it, I w- ain't, it ain't
0: heel heat with me. It's go away <laughs> heat with me.
1: <laughs> but I will say this. The the video was a live event, and they had a tables match, and uh, of course, you know, Reigns put Corbin through the table mm-hmm. and with the spear and everything, and I, I say I give it to them for going, because I'm sure they do that match once a night, every fucking night. Right. And going through that fucking table. It can't be fun. But, you know, good on them for actually doing it. Because I'm sure that, you know, there's a five and six year old <coughs> sitting there watching Roman Reigns spear fucking Baron Corbin. Absolutely.
0: And you know what? That five and six year old probably does have healed heat with Baron Corbin you know so i mean mm-hmm. to say to say that that guy should go away and <laughs> live in a fucking shack somewhere i can say that all day and i will <laughs> because for me as a viewer i just fast forward through everything he does cuz i fucking hate him but for that kid that kid probably hates his loathing guts because of the reason that i hated i hated the heels when i was a little kid so i understand yep. that and you're right you know I, it, we we can talk about guys we think quote unquote suck or whatever, but the reason we call this show the we can't wrestle podcast is we can't wrestle. So I do have a modicum of respect for Baron Corbin because he goes in the ring every night and does something I can't do, but he still fucking sucks.
1: (laughs) And he does. (laughs) But like I said, it's the thing is that, you know, I have, I've realized the fact that Roman reigns matches are not for me.
0: Right. But they're for somebody.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're for that kid that wants to see Roman, you know, <clears throat> that wants to see him fucking do his ooh and his fucking Superman punch. Yes. And that's fine. That That's fine with me. That's fine. You know, as long as I get to see my AJ Styles or my, you know. That's what I love about NXT is that. It, it, to me, it's. It's like, we, we shit-talk, and yes, and I understand that with WWE, but there's a reason why they're the number one. hmm
0: Because they... WWE, nobody, what no matter what brand it is, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, if that's even a thing, because I don't watch that shit, because I don't have time in my life for every wrestling show that's on. But anyway... <laughs> Um, WWE is the best wrestling, wrestling Promotion ever To capture the imagination Of every type of fan That's one thing That I don't think anybody can ever deny About Vince McMahon Is there is always something On every show That Vince McMahon promotes For somebody You may not like the whole show But I promise there's something On the show that you like
1: It goes back to when Triple H was on the Steve Austin podcast, and he said, Look, in the attitude era, we knew what our demographic was. And that's what we cater towards. Mm-hmm. Now, he's like, You look on the crowd, you've got five year olds. Next to them is grandparents. Next to them is two guys with their buddies wanting to have a beer watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. So you have to cater to everybody.
0: Yes. Absolutely. And AJ Styles definitely caters to me, my number one wrestler of the decade. And uh, he was your number two, Jericho was your number one. One,
1: yep. Uh,
0: um, so two, two that I want to mention here, and then Kyle and I are going to do a one last short discussion about something else before we sign off. But um, a couple of guys that were not on either any of our lists, but a couple of guys on Facebook mentioned them. Listener Mark Small said that his favorite wrestler of the decade... And Mark, if you listen to this show, you know you and I disagree. But like Kyle and Kyle just said, and I just said, wrestling is wrestling. There's something for everybody. Mark says Kenny Omega. So I've spent a lot of time on this show talking shit about Kenny because I don't care for him. Kyle, do you want to say anything about Kenny Omega? I don't want to be negative about Mark Small's suggestion, you know, because that's, that's who he likes and that's cool. Do you have anything to say about Kenny that maybe might be a little more positive than something I would say about Kenny?
1: I will say this. As much as people give Kenny Omega shit, he is one of those guys that has made a name for himself outside of the modern product. right? You know, I mean, he... He wasn't a part, really, of Ring of Honor or TNA, you know, Mm -hmm. mainly with New Japan. (sighs) If you go back and you watch uh, Wrestle Kingdom, I think, what was it, 13? um, 14. This last Wrestle Kingdom.
0: 13, yes, yes, 13. 13.
1: When he comes out, and you know it's his last match. In New Japan. You see him breathe it and take it all in. You can tell that this man truly loves what he does. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would ever deny that Kenny Omega loves what he does. Again, it's that age-old expression. And I love the fact that... I don't want to bring up Jim Cornette and open up that whole can of worms. <laughs> I'm a heel. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Real quick on a tangent. I don't know if you guys talked about this or not with everything that he said.
0: The chicken joke and all that. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't really, we didn't, we haven't discussed it really on the
1: show. Look here. Here's what I'm going to say is that you're again, as an old Jim Cornette expression once said, he's like, you're getting mad at a heel commentator for saying a heel comment about a heel. That's like getting mad at a prostitute for taking it up the ass. <laughs> I mean, it's it's wrestling, guys. It's what it is. You know, yes, I understand we live in a PC culture, but, you know, Hornswoggle said it best. He's like, you don't put fucking little people wrestling on and a the, fucking poster. You put midget wrestling on a poster the, because it sells. The
0: joke wasn't a racist joke it's a joke he told he's been telling for 30 years and if here's my thing that i thought about the joke okay i know we're getting off here with sorry mark kenny omega we got you buddy (laughs) but here's my thing about the joke if if it, it, it was it was funny because it was it's a joke he's told for 30 years on probably every wrestling show on the planet that's ever been aired, in thirty years, you know, he was part of Raw, he was part of Impact, blah blah blah. But anyway, the funny thing about that joke is, if you, because it, it's not a joke about black people, it's a joke about starvation, which yes is classless, <laughs> but he's a heel. It's not a, but it's not a racist joke. It's a joke about starvation. However, my point is, if you put if you put any other kind of food into the joke, it's not racist. If you say, Trevor Murdoch would ride a motorcycle across Ethiopia with a bag of donuts on his back and still survive. Boom. It's not a raci- it's not even, It doesn't even sound racist. A bologna sandwich. A turkey. So it was, it was, it was a combination of, it's not a racist joke, it's a starvation joke. And Jim just putting the wrong food in the fucking bag. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, it, look, it, it really...
1: but even if, even if I know, I know, fuck, I don't give a fuck if people get <laughs> shitty about this or not. But here's the fact is, even if it was meant as a racist joke or whatever, the fact is that this is what pro wrestling is, people. Yeah. There's a reason why Japanese wrestlers were fucking villains for the longest time because they were smart enough to go, "Hey, you know what? Please don't buy my ten dollar fucking picture. Rip it up in front of me. I hate that." Well,
0: look at WrestleMania Seven as late as early as 1991, which I know was a you know what twenty something years ago, but um, Mr. Fuji says the line at Wrestle on WrestleMania, he's like, "Great Jap warrior." <laughs> Great Jap warrior. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It's like you said, it's pro wrestling. It's, it, you know.
1: They, you're the mark for getting mad about it when all they're doing is is basically pissing you off. So you pay money to see them get their ass kicked. That is pro wrestling, and people. I, I guarantee
0: you, everybody that hates Jim Cornette, or uh, quotation marks in the air, hates Jim Cornette, listens to Jim Cornette's podcasts. Because exactly. that's what people nowadays do. They hate someone, and then that's all they obsess about. That's that's. The, I call it the Trump effect. Or the Obama effect. Either way, whether you're left or right, it's the Obama-Trump effect. People that hated Obama, obsessed about Obama. like It's all they ever thought about. You hate the guy, yet that's all you ever talk about. And people that hate Trump... It's all they ever fucking talk about. Why don't you? They, why they, don't you focus on something you like? Why do you have to focus on the things you hate and be so negative?
1: <laughs> Here's the thing: like they literally go and they search out this information, yes. and then they go, "Oh, here we go again." And it's it,
0: it's, it's like, like it's partly the internet's fault because now everybody's got a voice. <laughs> everybody can everybody uh, can get on their little Facebook or their little Twitter, and they think they're a fucking celebrity with their 17 followers or whatever. And,
1: uh, you know... I'm going to put this out right now. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, for all of our fans out there, I know you guys don't do this because you guys are are awesome and you're amazing. But I have have a a rule. If I scroll through my Facebook feed or my Instagram feed and I see you in your fucking car bitching (laughs) about stuff, give me your opinion, I will immediately fucking block you and fucking... (laughs) And why, because I don't care what you have to fucking say. Why is, why, is it always, why is
0: it always a white guy with a big long beard? Yes. <laughs> and a bald head. Get it's always a, it's always a white guy. With a... It, is. <laughs> it
1: is. It is. It's like, it, it's always just like, you know, I'm sorry about this, but I, that, I just need to speak my mind. It's and, like, yeah whatever.
0: We don't want to hear it. <laughs> Well, we've shit on PC culture <laughs> for a well, bit. But, that,
1: but that's the thing. It's it, I believe, I believe that that two homosexuals should be able to protect their their family and their weed with guns if they want. Absolutely. Fuck I it. I mean, it, it's just it's everybody just it just blows my mind, it, it really and it's does. like. You're gonna sit there and bitch about your first world problems when, you know uh, Look, Michael, I'm a white guy. I understand that I've got, you know that I have some privilege. I mean, that's the thing about it, is there's people I don't want to get off of the tangent, but there's people who are well worse off than, you know, dealing with shit that we can't even imagine. So Yes. Yeah. Stop I mean, worrying about them. But back to the whole thing is the, the, the be all end all from Jim Cornette is, can I be mad at you if you like chocolate and I like vanilla? No, you can, but I don't, don't want that. You. But... you can, but just let me, want... let me eat my
0: chocolate. You eat your vanilla. You know, it's like, goddamn. Exactly. <laughs> um. We started this by with uh, Mark small thank you Mark for spurning a good conversation mentioning Kenny Omega in the list for the decade and Ashley J Smith listener of the show actually mentioned a guy that I didn't consider when I thought about it or when I first made my list and I would give him I would actually give him an honorable mention now seeing Ashley's comment and that's Kofi Kingston Kofi Kingston. <coughs> Kofi Kingston, I don't know that he's in the top 10, but he's definitely, if you look at his work and you look at his... his, I mean, he was a consistent and a constant through the entire decade. He's definitely a top 20. I mean, he doesn't have bad matches. Uh, New Day's probably... You know, people can say what they want about the gimmick and say, you know, blah, 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 blah. But if you look at New Day, New Day is...
1: There's a reason why they haven't broken them up yet.
0: Yeah, and and that's what I was about to say. Like WWE's never been a tag team territory. There've been times where they've had they've had booms, you know, in the 80s with Demolition, the Hart Foundation, etc., or in the 90s with with uh, the New Age Outlaws and the APA and, and 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 but New Day as a tag team is is a boon for tag team wrestling you know and then his singles run the past year and a half winning the title at WrestleMania and everything that was really fucking cool Kofi did have a great decade and he's a consistent performer and I can't I, again probably not in my top 10 but I can't I can't argue with Ashley that he's one of the top stars of the 2010s in you know yep. consistently as a performer um, he he's marginal on the microphone I mean I I guess that would be his only you know he but during his title reign and during his, his, his race for the title, he really opened up on the mic.
1: And I just want to say when I go back and watch when when he comes out and tells Daniel Bryan he's like you know, he's like you were worried because you know what happens next. Right. <laughs> I was like, damn, this he's got some fire behind him. And I and I you know, I, I got me caught up. I got caught up in Brian versus Kofi. Oh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. It's
0: one of the best things if I'm if I'm recapping twenty nineteen, it's one of the best things of this year, you know, in pro wrestling as a whole. And it was it was the the culmination of it was was what wrestling another thing that wrestling's about. We don't get enough in the modern way of booking in wrestling, in that it's all about the swerve. It's all about the 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 trying to counteract the internet it's all about sometimes 50-50 booking etc etc very rarely nowadays in wrestling do you get a real honest to god grassroots feel good moment and him winning the title at wrestlemania was just that it was it was what wrestling is it was a feel good moment yep. So, thank you, Ashley, for contributing to the Facebook page. And thank all of you that have joined the group recently. <clears throat> I really appreciate it. And uh, those of you that are listening, we have bi- I have big things planned for 2020 for this show. Um, and the We Can't Wrestle brand. So, stay tuned for that stuff. Now, our top tens of the decade are over. So let's start focusing on the new decade. And Kyle brought up a great point earlier before we started recording. We want to talk about a couple of wrestlers, a couple of athletes that we think are going to be, when we do this very same kind of show 10 years from now, going to be on our list of the top performers of the 2020s. Um... And I want to see, and I, talk, I talked a little bit about one of them earlier, and I'll discuss them again, but I want to see how we line up on this, Kyle, because I've got a couple of them. So I'll let you go first, though.
3: All right. Uh,
1: to me, I think this guy personifies the next generation of NXT when Adam Cole and all them move up. And I see him when he moves to the main roster. But Keith Lee, Keith Lee is badass. I think he and, is going to be a star,
0: and not just that. He's going to be huge in NXT, but he's also going to be huge on the main roster because Keith Lee is exactly what Vince McMahon loves. You know,
1: um, you, I've, I've loved Keith Lee since he was the first debuted. And you see him as Survivor Series, it just showed you, this guy can go. And he can go with the best. Mm-hmm.
0: And he's, um, okay. So, I, I think that, I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase this. Keith Lee has, he definitely has an intangible. Like there's something, and I can't, I cannot put my finger on it yet. I can't put my finger on it yet. But he has, he has an intent. Okay, I liken him to a guy that I thought had an intangible, and I guess because of personal reasons or whatever, had to leave wrestling. I always thought, I see the potential in Keith Lee that I saw in Monty Brown. Yep. Um, if anybody, if anybody remembers Monty Brown, that guy was. Re, I, like, he was, he him and AJ were my favorite things about, about TNA, and then he came to the WWE, I, I can't even remember, what, what name did he wrestle under in ECW? Oh, it wasn't Monty God. Brown. Um, I can't, I cannot remember it off the top of my head. But he came into the ECW brand. Marcus Corvon. Marcus Corvon, there you go. And and he had so much potential. And then I, again, it's like it's kind of like a John Heidenreich thing. I think he had like personal things happen in his life, and he just stepped away from wrestling. But I always thought that guy had amazing potential, amazing charisma, and I see a lot of that, a lot of that in um, in Keith Lee. And yeah, I definitely has, agree with you. He has he has amazing future ahead of him.
1: He has that genuine feel about him. Almost like what Mick Foley had, right? Where people just get behind him. Yes, and I think that he is—he is a huge—he is an amazing babyface. He is. He's people great. just want to get behind him.
0: And he has—he has the size and the look where not only an amazing babyface, but you ever—if you ever wanted to turn him into a monster heel, he could fit that role too.
1: You know, See I mean, him do the fucking moon It's like Jesus, <laughs> off the second room?
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Oh, I definitely agree. That guy has a bunch of fucking upside. Um, we already talked. to kind of talked about Adam Cole. Um, I think. I think that, like I said earlier in the show, and I don't know, we don't have to expand on it more. But I think that Adam Cole is the guy that in 10 years we're going to be talking about was the best of the decade. Yep. I've never seen anything Adam Cole ever did that I didn't like. Like honest to God he is he is as and I know I did this earlier with Jericho, but Jericho's old now too so I'm gonna say it with Adam Cole. Adam Cole is has as much potential and is as good as Flair Austin, Jericho, Michaels, Rock. Adam Cole has that. He has that. And I think he's going... I honest to God, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I think he's going to be... The, if we, When we get to 10 years from now, we're going to look back on him in that air, and he's going to be the biggest star of the decade. Yep. Who else you got, brother?
1: I got Chump.
0: A Definitely a good pick. Um, he is... He's a guy that I liked when he was kind. Of, he kind of started off as kind of an underneath guy in um, in OVW, and then he moved on to Ring of Honor. And you know, he's had he's had that journeyman journey as a wrestler,
1: uh-huh.
0: and um, he. I always saw potential. Um, I actually thought that when he first signed with WWE, and and, and I. I want. I want to. I want to tell. I want to hear what you have to say about this. I like to. I might ask the listeners too. Just looking hindsight, because I remember sharing it with Aaron. I always thought that in. Oh, and this guy was an honorable mention for me that I forgot to mention for wrestler of the decade too. By the way, the, the an honorable mention for me for wrestler of the decade because he was consistently good. Never had a bad match. Always excited the fans. Always kept people into his matches. Maybe WWE didn't push him like they should have, but they should have. And it was Cesaro. Okay? He was one of my auto roll mentions. Consistent, amazing performer. A guy that size that can do what he does. Are you fucking kidding me? But anyway, I always thought a cool angle for Ciampa, before obviously before he became what he is now, would have been to be like, um,. Like an under an understudy for Cesaro. Like Cesaro's like, I know this kid, he's pretty good, and then they turn into a tag team. I think Cesaro and Ciampa would have been a really fucking good tag team. I know that's off the wall and out of the <laughs> that's just no, like no, my man, fantasy dude, booking. But I think their styles their styles would have been great as a tag team.
1: Most Ciampa J- and Gargano. I I like Johnny Gargano. I like him. Mm-hmm. I like going, you know, before and everything. I just don't see him ever getting to that top tier. Right. I see Ciampa getting there.
0: Yeah, I mean, Gargano... My biggest issue with Johnny Gargano, I think he's a great wrestler. Johnny Gargano is... I hate to say this. I don't want to shit on him because I think he's a good wrestler, but Johnny Gargano's not a good seller. Like when, huh. he, when he wrestles, his face looks the same all the time. I don't know. I, I, I don't even know how to put my finger on what I'm trying to say, but he's, um, he's good, but Champa's definitely the better of the two. And you're absolutely right. He has a huge future and he's going to be he's going to be in our top 10 of the decade as long as he stays healthy because he is injury prone. You know, that's the only thing that's the only thing I think might hurt him is, you know, as as the years go on, let's see what happens as long as he doesn't because he I kind of look at that as like um, it scares me to the point where is he going to be like Batista? where he has all this potential, but the fact that he gets hurt a lot stops his his momentum a lot, you know?
1: Right. Um, And then last, last on my list is somebody that I think has a tremendous upside, I think is going to lead the women's division, not only in NXT, but in WWE, that is the current reigning NXT Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley.
0: Rhea Ripley has caught fire very quickly, and I mean, if you you want to talk about potential, she is where. Think about how talented she is, folks. Think about how good she is, and she's what twenty three years old. mm mm-hmm. Um, that's that's fucking crazy. That's like you're watching you're watching Bret Hart in Stampede Wrestling in nineteen eighty three. So think of the future you have to go here. Think of all the shit that's about to come with this young lady. Because I agree with you. Um, Shayna Baszler as well. But Rhea Ripley is amazing. She has charisma. She has ability. She has... uh, I guarantee you just watching that girl. that Because of how big of a fan I am of his. I can tell you right now that that is a person that Shawn Michaels is attached to in NXT. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because you see, you can see it. You know what I mean? You can just see it. You watch her and you see this girl is listening to Shawn Michaels.
1: She has that that aura of her, of what, like, China is. Mm Mm-hmm. But with, not speaking of disparaging out of China, but with actual wrestling ability. Right. She is one of those women that, if she were to go toe to toe with like Seth Rollins, you fucking believe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's just I'm looking forward to the day with her versus, you know, Charlotte Flair. Her versus Becky Lynch.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I have two more. Okay. One is anybody listens to this show. Kyle knows, Aaron knows. I'm a huge mark for this guy. I have been since fucking 2000 and probably 2006, 2007. He has never gotten the proper elevation that he should and he has so much potential. So this is kind of my hope and a prayer that he is he is about to be on the cusp of something great. I think that Drew McIntyre has the ability to be the biggest heel in wrestling. And I think I hope that this next decade is his decade. Cuz that guy That guy is so fucking good.
1: It's almost it's almost silly how to me it almost feels like the WWE has some hold of trigger on him. Because if they do, there is nobody that can hold it weight to him being a heel. Yes, and
0: I don't know why they spin their wheels on him so much. Like
1: Because I'm, I think they're afraid that nobody else will be able to get traction.
0: <laughs> he's just so good. I love everything Drew McIntyre ever does. Um, and I hope. I guess he's, he's not my I'm predicting. He's my I hope. I hope that they let Drew be Drew, and I hope that he gets to have the decade in this decade that he did not get to have in in the last decade. Because that guy is, is, every single week that he doesn't have the title around his waist, he's a missed opportunity. He's fucking amazing. And he is one of the few guys in wrestling today, like I was talking about earlier with the cool heel thing. He's one of the few guys in wrestling today that can go out there like you were talking about with Jericho and be a fucking heel. No matter how good he is, people will still boo him because he knows what to do. And that's because he, 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 he started out in major wrestling under the learning tea, tree of William Regal, if you remember. Like his first thing was he was in that tag team with Regal. And so he kind of started with William Regal as his mentor, and you can tell because he is that fucking good. He is Re- he is William Regal worthy, I guess I'll say. So, and then my my last. Did you have another one?
1: No, no, no. Okay. I was gonna say William Regal was is one of those guys that is so good at being a heel. Mm-hmm. Just the psychology, just it, it, it blows me away. Because, and, and I know this we've gone long, but it's night and day with NXT and WWE. Because with NXT, like you, the heels are allowed to be heels. Yes. And it's because you have people like Sean down there. You have people like William Regal down there. You have people down there like John Smiley. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it, the next generation is going to be amazing. Yes, it is. I mean, it's just, damn, the talent that's coming up.
0: And the, the, speaking of talent coming up, my last guy that I want to mention before we get off the air here, um, I was a huge mark for his uncle back in the 90s. Um, one, of my fa- one of my favorite luchadors ever is Hector Garza. Okay?
1: Oh, my God.
0: His nephew, who goes in NXT by Angel Garza... That kid has it. That kid has it. That kid, honest to God, and I know I might be fucking stepping on holy water here, but Angel Garza could literally be this decade's Rey Mysterio. He is that good.
1: He is... If you're looking for a Latin superstar, he is it. Mm -hmm. He is Everything he's, that he's I think got, this he's got the this look, he's got the look. look
0: for Yeah, he's got the look, he's got the charisma, he's got the ability. Um, I mean, I haven't seen you know, obviously it's just it's early, so I haven't seen a lot of the Mike skills, but a lot of times with luchas, that doesn't matter until later in their career, you know. Um, a lucha style wrestler can get over without promos, if what I'm saying makes sense. They can get yeah, over without promos, and then, and then the promos come later, you know? But I think, I, you know, and it sounds like you agree with me, I think that dude is money. Absolute money.
1: He... You know what, I'm going to say it now. He is going to be the next generation's Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio. He's going to be that Latin superstar mm-hmm. that breaks... Through,
0: I agree. If, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, I'll be very, very, very surprised. Like, there's gonna have to be something like a fucking wellness policy violation or something <laughs> for this for this kid not to be on top, you know. And yeah, I really do. I think that I think that he is he is he is he is, he is part of that future of wrestling. And I hope to God that I'm right. Yep.
1: And just for the, just for the sake of the fact that we have kind of mentioned all NXT guys and we haven't really gone outside that spectrum, there's one guy that I'm pulling for more than anything else. Okay. and that's Brian Pillman Jr.
0: Yeah, I really like him too. Um, I actually got to make meet him um, last year and talk to him a little bit about with his, about his dad and, and really down to earth cool dude. And you're right, an amazing, amazing performer, too. Really good. So, that being said, I guess we'll I'll hit the, here in a second, I'll hit the uh, the tootsie and we'll get out of here. But
1: What are we going to do next week?
0: I haven't decided yet, but I think, I, I, well, I, get, I, I have decided what we're going to do, but I haven't decided what we're going to watch. I want to dig into, Aaron and I did a couple of weeks ago, we we were talking about the fact that uh, the three of us have not taken advantage of the fact that we have the WWE Hidden Gems on the network. Oh, so There's a lot yes. of stuff on there. Aaron and I a couple of weeks ago watched a uh, Survivor Series, like one of those Survivor Series uh, uh, showdowns or whatever, like leading up to the pay-per-view uh, that had uh, Brett and Yoko in a cage match. I think I'm going to go through Hidden Gems and you can too, and we'll, we'll we'll debate about it, but maybe we'll pick a show out of the Hidden Gems to watch that none of us have ever seen before, or maybe we saw it, like that, that Survivor Series showdown. I mean, I saw it when it aired on the USA Network, but I haven't seen it in 25 years, you know? So I think we should pick something out of the Hidden Gems to watch that maybe some none of us have ever seen or at least haven't seen since it first aired, and review that.
1: And also, you guys... Uh... <clears throat> on the Facebook group If you have the network Go through Look at the Hidden Gems Yeah If it's Please, a match if it's, as well. a,
0: if it's a match If it's a promo If it's an event You want us to talk about it Let's do this You know um, I want to invite everybody That is in the Facebook group To invite your friends To join the Facebook group um, Big things coming For the Weekend Wrestle podcast In 2020 I'm very excited um, I have some things going on That I hope are going to Expand the show And expand what we do expand our listenership so I want to thank each and every one of you and I know Kyle and Aaron do too for supporting us in 2019 2018 2017 can you believe we've been doing this show almost three years already March March 2020 it'll be three
1: years oh boy and you know what we uh I don't know if well I don't know if we said it yet or not but we got something real real cool planned coming up. Yes. Uh, either for our 100th uh, show or our three-year anniversary.
0: The 100th episode is probably going to be like 10 hours long, because I, <laughs> I have a lot of shit planned for that show. I'm very, very, fun. very excited for it, so... Uh, we'll we'll start, Mr. Al Jolson you here.
3: You want to hear Tut two, Tut two, Tutti? You want right. to hear Tut Tut All right, hold on. No, listen, play Tut Tut Tutti three
0: four if you understand. Kyle, say four, goodbye two two, to your I fans. I'll give it and heavy.
3: Go right ahead.
1: Bye guys.
0: Thank you, each and every one of you, for joining us here two, two, on up! the We Can't three. Wrestle podcast. Three,
3: three, two, three.
0: And well, fuck, we'll see you next year.
3: That takes me away from you. You don't know just how sad it makes me. Kiss me pretty and then... Ow! Ow!